We have some new tour dates, and these are some new ones. Memphis, Tennessee, we've added a show August 4th and 5th at the Cannon Center for the Performing Arts. Um, I know the Chattanooga show sold out. Don't worry. Uh, don't go get a fancy price ticket. We will come back, um, and you'll have another opportunity. Toronto, Ontario, uh, August 30th, an eighth show added in Toronto. San Jose, California, we've added a second show, September 14th uh, and 13th. Oakland, California, September 16th at the Paramount. Akron, Ohio, we've added a show um, on the 8th or 7th. Washington, D.C., we've added a show October 19th and 20th. If your city is sold out, just keep an eye out. We'll, we'll come back through. Uh, we also have some tickets left for Windsor, Ontario on August 18th. Get your tickets through theovon.com slash T-O-U-R. And thank you so much for coming out and supporting the Return of the Rat Tour. Today's guest is an iconic uh, comedian, uh, actor. Uh, I watched one of his movies not long ago. It's so good. Um, this is his second time on the podcast. He's out of Indiana and he has a new special coming out on Amazon next week called Dark Pale. Uh, he has a new television series too. You can check out called Full Circle on Max. I'm grateful to chop it up with my buddy today, Mr. Jim Gaffigan. you're with a podcasting thing or but it's like the impact see that looks better probably. yeah that looks nice i'm a good looking guy i yeah well i so think, does it feel like you're getting like you've got like the podcast is getting busy, busier yeah yeah it feels like it's getting busier i feel like we've been really lucky i think we're independent too since we don't work with a network I think that people what like that. Is, what is the, what makes you connect with people? I, I mean, know. it's the everyman thing, but it's also like, is there another, you know, authenticity? People crave that, right? Yeah, maybe they do. I think they probably do, especially these days, you know? Yeah. I think we want to try and, I mean, yeah, if I hear something that seems that's real or somebody's talking about something that means something to them. I think it means a lot. Uh, yeah. I don't know why we've been really fortunate. I, you know, um, yeah, we've had, we've gotten to have some unique guests. I think, you know, I've always enjoyed talking to all different types of people. You know, I think I'm, I'm a late learner kind of, you know, some podcasters, they have a lot of information. Right. I don't have it. Right. But I am curious about a lot of stuff. Curiosity is key, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I want to learn still, you know? Yeah, you look, but you look handsome, man. Oh, thank you. you thank what's you so the much. most handsome you've ever felt in your life? You ever think about that? Like, was there ever that's, a... That's a very good question. 
um, you know, as a male model, I struggle with it. No, I don't think I've ever really felt particularly handsome. I always seem to look at pictures from the past and go, oh, that was, I should have been happier. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, you know, and I, my, you know, having teenagers, you know, it's so brutal being a teenager. And I'm like, dude, you got a good, your, your metabolism's working still. Yeah. You can, you know, you can have a pint of ice cream. It's not, it doesn't make a dent. Your dexterity. Yeah. Your hair health is even, your hair is strong. You know, like we, you know, like. You don't have a mustache yet. They don't, they don't hear, like when people, like aches and pains, they don't have aches and pains, really. Not a chance. But I don't know. I never really, I never really felt uh, particularly good looking. I feel like I've never been, that's never been an asset. How about you? I you seem like I feel like in Nord in a, like a Nordic area you would have ve- you would be a <laughs> I could see you being a like a like Hasselhoff in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> that's very kind of you. Like a Nordic kind of mountain model. There is there you know like among comedians there is like there is this strange. Thing where I think uh, some comedians get embraced as being attractive, but I don't think that's in my, that's not a, a, a theoretical thing that, you know, like Steve Carell, like I think there was like, this is just maybe me, you know, getting it from Twitter, but, you know, women were like, Steve Carell, you know, it's like, I'm like, Steve Carell. Yeah, that's, and so, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, but I don't think that's that's not in the the likelihood or the possibility for me. What about like in the 1700s or something? Like, was there a time period you think? Because I, I mean, I oh, think yeah. I think you're a handsome. You're height. You're tall, so that gives you some handsome. Well, pale, you know. And then there was the Rubenesque period. Like, oh yeah, you like, know, like yeah. being uh, being pudgy means that you're not poor. Mm-hmm. And being pale means that you're not working in the field, but I don't think that's been relevant. Oh, you'd have been the rock, dude, in the 1600s. Oh, 1600s, I would have been, people would have been, there would have been posters. I mean, they all would have been drawn. <laughs> They're like, did you see how how pale and fat that guy is? Oh my God. God, he's beautiful. He's so hot. Is that Emily Ratajkowski? Right? I would he's be beautiful. like the male Ratajkowski yeah. of, think about like the breakthrough I mean, there's so many beautiful women, mm. but Emily Ratajkowski, like you brought that up. I knew exactly what you mean. What is it about her and how long have you been dating her? Yeah. Because it's not out of the possibilities. I'm a married man, but I don't know. You could date her. I don't get Emily Ratajkowski. I get. You don't get, you don't get it? You don't I s- get that she's pretty. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, she looks pretty to me, but. I don't get hit on by that type of gal. No. No. I get, uh, who do I get? Well, let me, let's put it out there. I get a lot of like people like, you know, kind of rural women. Right. Will send me like a nude picture, kind of be like, drive out here and eat this. They'll say stuff right. like that. Because they're ladies, right? 
Good point. And they're, <laughs> yeah. but they're like, they're, it sounds like it involves some travel. Yeah, well, it's out. Travel. A lot of them are outside of the city limits. It's a connecting flight, too, <laughs> which is like, you're like, you know, but, you know, I'm kind of, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a suburban rural guy, too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I think, and I don't know if we talked about this last time, but, like, there is something of, I mean, look, I love, I live in New York, and I've lived in New York for 30 years, but, like, when I, like, these different markets, you know, uh, these cities or smaller towns, mm -hmm. like, I have I have a good time there. Like, oh, when I yeah. hang out in Cedar Rapids or oh, Fort Purina. Wayne, I'm like, and I'll go to a restaurant, I'm like, yeah, this is... This feels very familiar and like. Want your pie first, sir? No, <laughs> no, but do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's like a steakhouse in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, that's. I'd prefer that than a super fancy restaurant in New York or LA. Yeah, that's a good point, man. I think I do too. I think you feel more at ease, more comfortable, more likely to see a fight. I feel yeah. like there's more, you know, somebody will come over and. Say they they like your blouse or your shirt or something. You can wear an yeah. apron in there, and people don't look at you weird. Yeah, you know, like there is like if a guy, no one's in, uh, an outfit, like yeah. that's right. Like if so, no one's kind of dressing, uh, like Eddie Vedder. Yeah, they <laughs> they dress like Eddie Vedder. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you'll that's... see you'll see the most beautiful women. Oh God! The most yeah. beautiful. Like you ever been to like that's Monsanto, dude. Monsanto <laughs> will preserve a babe. You know what I'm saying? You get some of those field dames, those daughters of farmhands, brother. Oh well, I I just think of like times when I you know I've been on bus tours with my family and we'll go horseback riding, and there will be just like working at some horse ranch, the most beautiful woman in the world. Oh. And, you know, she probably sleeps with the horses and she smells like the horses, but not an ounce of makeup on her. And she's better looking than any woman in the city. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a great guy. I don't know if I brought that up. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, look, I, it's, you seem like a great guy. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. I think the, like, beauty, like how we feel beauty, how we feel if we're handsome. I think it's interesting because I'll look at old pictures of myself as well and be like, man, you had a chance with girls. You didn't think you had any chance in the right. world, right? But you had it, you were, or, or you just thought so lowly of yourself, but man, you were doing good. Yeah, no, I wasted the time. That's what I feel like sometimes I go back on it. Well, I think there's uh, anxiety. Uh, and you know, there's the chemicals racing through you when you're a teenager. It's hard. By the way, I think uh, you know having a couple teenagers. I think it's way harder to be a teenager now than it was. Is it really? Oh, brutal. So when we went to high school, we were compared to this pool of people in our school. I mean, kids today they're compared to everyone on social media. It's brutal oh that's true i never thought about that and so like also the adventures that we would go on to like find you know mushroom weed yeah. or or pornography oh it was an adventure and now it's kind of thrust on these kids and so 
you know, I'm sure there's scientific explanation, but it's almost like, you know, you had to go on a scavenger hunt to even get in trouble, uh, at least for me. Right, so there was a journey to it, too. Yeah, you know? whereas now it's, it's you know, you, you know, it's pretty easy. You can get it delivered now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's great when you're 30, 40, but, like, when you're 15 or... 18 it's like it's almost too easy to get weed now oh yeah it's too easy to get a high it's too easy to get anything i mean i'm with with pornography we had this dude in our neighborhood named they called him skittle was his nickname and he was like um impaired or whatever yeah you know he had impairment well what kind of impairment he didn't have uh his legs didn't work yeah. So it was the oh he was he was handicapped. He was bipedal or whatever. What is that called? Paraplegic. Paraplegic. Yeah, this para. So like just his like was he in a wheelchair? Yeah, he was in a wheelchair. But sometimes they would in the at the video store they would his like uh, handler or whatever who was yeah. his cousin would push would like get him out and let him crawl under the uh into the nudie room in there. Oh, that's nice. And people would be, I mean, you would kind of, because you knew he was probably, and I hate to say this, you knew he was never going to mate in his life, right? Probably. Well, I mean, by But the people way. would be so excited. You know, they'd be like, Skittles in the nudie room. Skittles. You know? And and was he called Skittles because he enjoyed the candy Skittles, or? I don't know. That's a good question. I think he, uh, he I, from what, I think he liked all candies, I remember, but he just... Yeah, people, I don't know. There was just something excited about him. People would be like, oh, Skittles in the nudie room, and people would be so excited. It's so amazing how there was a nudie room. There was, there was. I mean, the, the blockbuster it was just kind of like, hey, we're not going to have that. Yeah, we don't believe in that. But like the off kind of like the independent stores, there would be, uh, there would be kind of like movies, you know, like regular movies, and then there would be like the the R rated. I mean, the the kind of like naughty stuff, and you would have to like, if you would go even as a you know a teenager or like in your twenties and you had curiosity, you needed a reason to go over there. Right. You needed like, hey, why don't we go over here just to check it out <laughs> like you couldn't be like you couldn't go in and make a beeline for it yeah, yeah. you had to be like this is so silly what's this stuff oh my gosh what's this yeah are they selling cigarettes in yeah here? what is what is this oh this is gross <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now a kid just turns on i mean by the way twitter like i don't know if you get this twitter's very dangerous it's like there's like just I don't know, open the pictures just because I'm a Christian. Yeah. But uh there's like the, they said this the spam or the robots send you pornography. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> and you're like, you know, I'm trying to like because you know, you you go through a process, I think, uh, most men where you're like, all right, I'm going to set some boundaries. There's nothing too productive in consuming pornography so mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna set up some boundaries or some barriers but like when it's thrown at you yeah and why are robots doing that that makes me believe even more in like in ufos when people are like yeah they took me somewhere yeah they put something in my butt and yeah. they dropped me back off like it's always they're always putting stuff in people's butts too and they, yeah, but, and at first I'm like, are they, would they really do that? But then now that I see that these other bots are just emailing people, like it's, you yeah. know, these, like these bots or whatever, like emailing yeah. porn to people, it's like, 
obviously these these aliens are perverts. I don't even, I don't know if it's aliens, but I don't know what, I mean, I guess I've never clicked on it, but like, it's, I guess it's to get you to watch their porn, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think different people want you like, come over here, step right up, you know? Yeah. We'll guess how much semen's in you, you know, we'll guess that, you know, you're weight in semen or whatever. When I was know? a teenager, I thought you had a limited supply. I thought you could run out. Oh, dude, I, the first erection I ever got, it was coming up, yeah. and I thought it was a like a poop in my body that it was going the wrong way. That's a that's a normal response. And you I really would, thought it was a poop? Yeah, it was so scary because it was the same shape, and I was like, oh, my God, dude, I one of my poops is lost. I mean, even, like, it's just so... It was scary. so scary. Remember part of your body growing and people thought it would grow forever? I had a buddy who got so scared. He thought his his whole body would grow into a wiener and like there would be nothing left of him and then the wiener would grow and then it would go back and he would reform. Yeah, I just remember having leg spasms. And and did your nipples hurt? Yeah. Remember yeah. that? No one talked to you about it. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was growing up, no one talked to you about any of that stuff. You know, there was just like... There was just, you had to figure it out. And I thought I was mentally ill. I mean, I am mentally <laughs> ill, but like, I thought, oh my God, you know, I'm like the biggest <laughs> pervert in the world. And the reality is I was just like a 15 year old boy. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No one was like, hey, cause I've kind of done that. I'm like, look, hey, it's, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Yeah. It just means I'm not saying engage in it. You know, I'm not saying go full animal, uh, you know, even though some people do. But like, you know, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Yeah, it's true. that you, the, Yeah, I think in the past, it's there's been a lot of that energy, like something there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like if you walked up to a monkey at the zoo, because monkeys, they say some of the monkeys will uh, masturbate and stuff six to seven times a day at the zoo. So right. if you if you saw somebody walk in there to one of them, and be like, you know, sit them down in a chair them. on the side of the... Shame them. Yeah. Say, you're filthy. Yeah, you're filthy. Stop behaving like an animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I'm not going to drive you to school in the morning too. if you keep doing this. You'd be like, that person's crazy for saying that to that monkey. Right. Yeah. Or you, or, or there'll probably be some people that are like, finally someone's telling that monkey <laughs> to <laughs> stop too. doing that. It's all relative, right? And then there's people that would be like, I can't believe that you're judging that monkey's <laughs> behavior. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and there would be somebody else being like, that monkey can choose its own pronouns. And we'd be like, yeah. it's not about that, okay? The monkey <laughs> is just jerking off too much. And, you know, there's that, and then there's also throwing the 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 shit. Yeah, right? they throw the, yeah, they throw a lot of, anything that comes out of their body, they're willing to throw it. Why do we, I feel like, like human, Mardi Gras. We have, you know, but there's no beads, right? You know, like if they, or maybe that's their beads, right? Just throwing that out. They're naked all the way. Like it's, it's not like they're even flashing because, like, supposedly if you flash, then like women flash. Yeah, they show their breasts to, get... to see the beads, but uh, to get the beads. But the problem was at Mardi Gras, and I'll say this, man, is that the breasts you saw. Were good or bad? They or? were not good. Right. They were drunk. They looked like some of them had been drinking, like the breast alone had been drinking. Right. By itself, even yeah. some of them. Yeah. Um, 
They are. That's another problem with pornography is we set up false expectations of what breasts are supposed to look like. Yeah. That's another reason not to watch porn. Right. Well, well, you've kind of gone the game. I mean, I'm sure you've seen in your lifetime where breasts, fake breasts really popped off. Do you remember the first time you were like, wow, they're putting in. Yeah, there was a. Yeah. I mean, the. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I'm not a huge. Like, there's there's part of me that's the whole huge breast thing. It doesn't. It's weird. You know, like. For me, it doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? And some guys like big breasts. Some guys like like big butts. I'm kind of, you know, I like, I don't know. Decent like, woman. Yeah, I like, I like sh- shape, but I don't like, and, and it's a mystery to me because some guys really like big butts. Some yeah. guys really like, I remember when I first started stand-up, I was doing some road gig and this headliner was like, here, I want to show you something. And he showed me, and it was a Polaroid Mm -hmm. of him with a woman that had like enormous, like gigantic, and he was, he was kind of bragging. He was like, see, see, see who I met. And I was like, this is what's head. This is what you're headed towards. (laughs) I was like, you play your cards right. and, And I wanted to be polite and I was polite, but I was like, that's, you know, like that's obviously she needs help. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, and I didn't want to rain on his parade, but he was like, that's what got him off. That was like, he was, I'm sure he probably still has that Polaroid. Yeah. Oh. He probably, like maybe if he was, maybe when he dies, he's buried with the Polaroid of the woman <laughs> with the gigantic boobs. Yeah. Some guys, it's interesting how. That's all they care about, boy. Look at him boobs. Different tastes. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, they started to get, well, yeah, I, some of the boobs started to look like somebody had filled up a glad bag too big, you know? Right. You ever have that right. when somebody pulls a black glad bag out of a, like at a restaurant when they're doing the dumpster, they, when they're and they pull the bag out of that can and it's way too heavy for the bag, yeah. you know? And it's not going to make it. And there's there's liquid <laughs> dripping. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's liquid dripping out and you're like, that's going to that's gonna be a mess. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Gonna, that's, yeah. that's just going to be a mess. It's just... It's weird. I need to know. All right, so uh, you're t- you're in t- the. Are you a big boob guy or a little like? If you told me you're like I like enormous boobs, I wouldn't be shocked. And I don't mean that as an insult. No, it's fine. But I'm- like, are you a big boob guy? Are you a big butt guy? I think I'm more of probably a. Um, I think I like a you know a more. I think I'm more of probably a mid range. I like a little bit of buttocks. Yeah. You know, I like a, a woman that's healthy enough to conceive. Right, right. You know, I don't like, um, I'm not into those kind of needle army looking, you know, the kind of girls who looked a little bit too weathered. Yeah. You know, like I, I need a woman that's healthy enough to be able to have a family. Right. So I think that's a big thing for me. Um, you know, there was a, what was the question you asked me? It was about like uh, types of women. Because here, I'll bring this up. My brother, mm-hmm. uh, one of his, he really, he liked a woman that looked good in a baseball cap mm. and a turtleneck, which I thought was really interesting. And um, I mean, th- that's a setup for a joke. He's, you know, like now he's like a serial killer. Right. No, but like, but it is interesting 
he really like if she looked cute in a baseball cap he he was like she looks yeah she's she's great you know what i mean and so like there's different things there's types right that's a good point there's different scenarios you want your woman to look good in kind of that's that's a really good point right it's kind of like you know i remember when i was considering asking my wife to marry me i was like you know what i could have fun folding laundry with her mm. i mean now we hate each other but at the time <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could totally you've earned that hatred <laughs> but no but it is like one of those things where it's not just about how they look in a, a small skirt you know what i mean it is about you know and not just like they're fun at uh you know at a ski club ball or something, or something. right but it is interesting. First impressions matter. They do. You know, it's important. How do you how do you present yourself? And for me, I like to take care of myself. I like to take care of my skin, keep my skin decent and manicured, baby. That's what I like to do. And I use Caldera Lab. I use their regimen. It's called the regimen, actually. And Caldera Lab creates a high-performance men's skincare product. And the regimen leads off their product lineup. It's a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. God, look at his skin. I want some of it. That's right. The Caldera Lab, the bundle. You'll find the skincare dream team, the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. They even have an eye serum, if you like that, called the Icon. If you don't like all that, that's fine. But if you do, Caldera Lab, get 20% off with our code Theo. At Caldera Lab, that's C A L D E R A L A B dot com. That's twenty percent off at calderalab.com by using code Theo. Jump into skin and first impression royalty with Caldera Lab. So your ideal woman, let's put it out there. Okay, Who let's put it out there woman? then. I would say she has nice eyes, like kind nice of caring eyes. eyes. Like eyes. Oh, warm eyes. Warm eyes. Yes, because that is true. It's important. It's important to the kids yeah. too. Yes, definitely. You know, you don't want some cold-eyed, freaking slithering broad. Yeah. You know, making even serving muffins to your children. No. So warm-eyed. Um, I would say hardworking. Hardworking. Sense of humor is really important. Yeah, sense of humor or the ability to laugh. Even being able to laugh, though, is also like having an inverse sense of humor. Like yeah. if somebody's a good laugher, I think it's just as – it's almost better than a sense of humor because at least they're they're getting they're having the joy, you yeah. know. By the way, the hard worker thing I think is really key too. Yeah, yeah. My wife is a very hard worker, and that's that's uh, that's great because then you can do less. <laughs> 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 no, but it is. I mean, I'm. We have a similar work ethic. We enjoy yeah. working. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't say working. I I'm not saying like, hey, let's go. Uh, uh, grab some construction shifts you know it's like you know uh it's fulfilling for us Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and life's hard work it's like if you want to stay in a marriage it seems like it's a lot of like if you really want anything to work you got to do it you know that's what it seems like yeah um how tall how tall i would say anywhere probably five six yeah to six one okay and how tall are you? I'm willing to go on the outlier side with the height. I am six foot. You wouldn't care if she was taller. I don't think I would care as long as she 
didn't do little things to me like probably pat on like pat me or something like that. Or call you, you know? shorty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or say, hey, give me that little wiener. You and, know, like and, things like that. And what about uh and what about the do you want her to be younger than you, older than you? I would probably say younger than me. You know, I want her to be able to bear, you know, bear children if she wants to. Yeah. Um but then I got to make sure that I'm in a good space too. You know, I don't want to be some philanderer. Right, and right. I don't want to be a man who's peeking over the fence and, you know, talking to the neighbor's wife. Right. And I don't want to be. Uh, you shouldn't be neighborly. You shouldn't be talking even to a neighbor. Um, no, but you're saying so you you want to also be mature. You want to be to the point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be doing any more like I don't want to be more do any more conniving or any like I want to, you know, I just want to be locked in. Yeah. Did you have a point where you were like. Was it scary for you when you were like, okay, I'm going to get married. This is it. Like, did you yeah. have your mom, like who dropped you off to go ask your wife? Would you drive over there? Or how did you do it? I was, uh, my mom dropped me off. No, uh, no, I, uh, I was at my brother's house. We'd gone back. We used to go back and we'd go to Indiana and then we'd drive through Chicago and go to Milwaukee where my wife's from. And I, you know, my wife and I, we had this agreement that she was going to tell me when she was ready to be proposed. You know, because, you know, the whole, you you don't, there's no risk. You don't want them to be like, uh, no. And you don't want you to process no. So, and we had talked about it. We had dated for a while. And, um, and I was at my brother's place and uh, we were smoking a cigar in his garage. And I said, you know, I, I tell you, if I had a ring, I probably would ask her. And he goes, oh, I can give you a ring. I'll give you a mom's old ring. I used it, and you can use it. And I was like, oh. And so then. Man, you're really on the spot. <laughs> and I was like, all right. But, I, you know, again, I had also kind of made that decision. Do you know what I mean? Right. So the decision had already been made. Yeah. Kind of, okay. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, my brother told me to do it, so I did it. You know what I mean? So, uh, and then we went up there, and I knew that I kind of wanted to surprise her. And so I did a right in front of her entire family. She's one of nine kids, and Ooh. we had done opening presents, and her, I had asked her dad for permission. He was, like, cooking in the kitchen. He's kind of a, a great guy, but, like, at that point, we didn't know each other that well. So he was like taking something out of the oven. I was like, hey, I, I'd like to ask your daughter to marry me. And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so then we were opening presents and all the presents had been opened. And then I I did it. And it was. Did you feel nervous? Did you get down on one knee? It's so. Well, I think as a comedian, there's so many. It's, you know, there's so many awkward situations we go in. That's a good You point. know, where you have a show where you eat shit. You have a show where you do okay, but you can tell half the audience thinks you're a moron. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, so like it was, it was awkward. It was, uh, it was, you know, it was nice, but it's, I'm also... You know, all these these watershed moments for me are uh, they're not nearly as important as like you know the the moment where I feel like I really connected with my wife. Mm, you know, yeah. like my child being born. 
there was, you know, it was special, but it's not as special as like, you know, the time when you take a walk with them right, for me. You, and Do you, you know have I mean? some, yeah, and there's like a real connection. Do you yeah, know what I mean, or like, right, those are kind of just built in tent pole moments that are yes. kind of almost, I don't want to say old fashioned, they're very important. Yeah. But they don't, but that it's not like, uh, it doesn't mean everything. I, I, for me, you know, if I'm yeah, being that's a, honest. That's a good point. No, yeah. I think it's a really good point for everybody. We put all these old, it's almost like we put these kind of like tyrannical, like emotional attachments to these moments, even though they're, they might not be there because times have kind of changed. So yeah, having a, a, a wedding these days, which is really just a huge party that takes so much planning, which is more about the planning than it is even the vows. Yes, and this, the unnecessary stress. Oh, God. Put on, and you the know. sangria, yeah. all these, yeah. you know. It's just like, oh, these. my God, the bread was wrong. You know, it's yeah. like, who cares? Yeah, who cares, dude? <laughs> right? I barely know this woman. <laughs> Who cares? She's has pregnant. Anybody, That's the only reason I'm here. Yes, anybody <laughs> mention that? <laughs> they should have a vote at weddings, like, should we do it or not? And people have to really vote. That's funny. Wouldn't be a bad idea, would it? I mean, a silent... And because it's also your loved one, so it's a really harsh thing. And well, you shouldn't be able to open it until the next day. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's like the vote came in. Huh. Well, is and it's like a rotten tomato score. Like as long as we get eighty <laughs> percent, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, forty three percent. Yeah, that's not good. But what the audience score say? <laughs> a lot of old tropes and misdirected plot twists. But <laughs> a lot of people don't believe in me. They think I'm gonna cause the but disaster. But your family should have a vote. Should have a vote. I feel like because you're bringing that genetics into your gene pool. Well, yeah, you know, it feels like the family overall should have a vote. Well, there's also something that happens where. You, I think the, you know, it's probably different in different cultures and different family cultures, but you kind of get absorbed. I think, I feel like the men get kind of absorbed into the the woman's family. Yes. Much more than uh, the woman getting absorbed into them. I mean, obviously That's there's- a good point. Yeah, and it's, so there is something of, you know, like when you're dating someone and you meet their parents, you're like, okay, so this is this is the future, right? In some ways, but also their relationship. And my wife's mother is like a saint, and her dad's a real sweet guy. So I was like, all right, I'm in good shape. It was totally misleading. No, but it was <laughs> fine. <laughs> Dude, I had an ex girlfriend. Her dad would always be like, hey, he would say like, whenever nobody was in the room, he'd be like, hey, listen to me. He would pass gas. He'd say, listen to me, fart. And then he'd be like, don't tell anybody. Wow. And he was real serious about it. And it was so strange. And I'd never even said anything about it until now, but I just can't believe he even did that. Who would yeah, do that? Yeah, that's very strange. It's really weird. I think having like somebody dating your daughter, oh, you don't have any power really. No, you have no power. And you know, I And the so, kid is a pervert, whoever he is. Absolutely. He's a boy. He's sick. He's he's a boy. <laughs> yeah. I have a 19-year-old and I have a 14-year-old oh. daughter. And so when my 14-year-old, when she was 13, uh, and she would bring over these guys, <laughs> and I would try and, 
you know, like you try different tactics as a dad. You're like, oh, I'm going to be the friend. Yeah. And you want to get to know them. And they're all, you know, they're they're boys. They're liars, yeah. right? And so sick. I remember there was this one kid who ended up being really sweet. And, but I was kind of like, I, and I'm kind of like inappropriate. I try to test the boundary. So I'm like, nice to meet you. I'd like to, um, would you like to see my knife collection? <laughs> Thinking that would be really intimidating. And he's like, oh my God, I'd love to see a knife collection. <laughs> and I was like, that's not what I wanted you to say. He was like, oh, cool, you got a knife collection? I'm like, yeah. no, I was trying to frighten you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, but they also know, you know, you're not going to hurt them. You know what I mean? And you can't anymore. That's one of the problems, no. too. And that's where a lot of, you know, a lot of fathers have lost a lot of their power. They used to have the ability to hurt, to fire a warning shot into the air. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that's gone. Yeah, I was thinking about, yeah, it's so, like, even, like, us, what we think about ourselves, how we look, like, I mean, I think a lot of comedians probably got, a lot of males got into it because they felt it was their way of gaining attraction from women. Did oh, you I have, think so. You think, yeah, I think oh, so, too, totally. probably. I remember... I remember witnessing, um, like I had no confidence at all until my 30s anyway, but I remember, I mean, I had it in fits and spurts, but I remember when I started headlining at a comedy club and I would stand in the back watching, this is like they didn't have green rooms or anything like that, and I would stand in the back kind of watching and I would see people come in and um, there would be, you know, attractive women coming in with their friends or, or dates or whatever. And they would be like, uh, who are you? You know, they, they didn't know who I was. They yeah. didn't care. And then I would do the show. And then those same women would be treating me completely differently. Mm. And intellectually, I would know, oh, it was the show. They, you know, they... You know, they, they think I'm something that I'm not. They think that I'm something special. I have to make a point of never believing the hype. Mm. And then after six months, I was like, you know what? I'm good looking. I kind of totally bought the hype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so we just get so, <laughs> we're so dumb. Yeah, we're yeah. so dumb. <laughs> it's like, it's it's not that I'm on stage and commanding authority over an, a crowded room of 300 people. It's because they actually think I'm good. <laughs> Essentially, I'm just a fool. You know what I mean? But then some guys who are not attractive men will, their confidence gets them to attractive. Oh, absolutely. So it's really part of the trick, I think. Yeah. I even feel like when you look at... Remember when you would, I don't know if you'd ever look at a yearbook and, uh, or photos of when you were a kid and you'd see a kid that you'd be, uh, a girl, you'd be like, oh my God, she was really good looking. Yeah. And why weren't we, why didn't we think, because we didn't, because she was struggling, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And didn't have the confidence. And whereas there were girls that were confident that we were just like, because we were dumb boys, we were like, duh, they think they're good looking, maybe they're good looking. Yeah. And we would, it's so much of it is confidence. And it's like, I just wish as a parent, I could just, uh, you know, because my kids are pretty confident, but I just wish that like in those moments, because I remember being a teenager, it's, 
It's hard. Yeah, huh? And people are like, just act confident. And you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm filled with anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And I had so, dude, I remember having acne so bad. Do you ever have acne? Oh, I was just, I mean, I was this pale kid. And whenever I would talk in public, you would I turn would turn red. turn red. Oh. And so I was just this goofy guy who was pale and like, you know, there, it was, I was the palest person anyone had ever seen. Oh. So it was... But that's probably, you know, contributed to me being a comedian. Like so. a dumpling kind of. Yeah. I was like a marshmallow. Oh. You know, but a marshmallow that would turn red. I was a strawberry flavored marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, um, what's really interesting is if you think back to like the beginning of, before they had mirrors and stuff, the only way you knew if you were, the way you probably is if somebody told you how attractive you were or how right. handsome or beautiful you were so that had to be in i bet that's when like connection was a lot stronger too between uh people because imagine yeah. if the way you somebody's like you're beautiful and you've never you don't have any real thought of that yourself because yeah. you have never seen a reflection of yourself and the way it yeah. makes you feel you're like wow that feeling is so powerful i feel yeah. really connected to this person yeah no it's like well back then i mean just how, how bad did they smell though but they I mean? both smelled bad they both i guess you got used to it right i think not having shit on your legs is probably like a that means you were re ready to go out on the town because i feel like that would yeah. be something i'm gonna clean i'm gonna wash my legs off well that's what all the cologne and the perfume was for is to cover up bad smell the smell of butt yeah you know what i mean god it's only it'd be so much nicer if your butt was a little further away from you Right. You know or you could detach it. Ugh. Yeah, but like, I mean, showering, like, you ever like been on the road and you're like, you have to wear the same underwear for two days? Yeah. Like, it's a crisis. And mm -hmm. then like- And they get warmer. But, <laughs> but when you're a teenager, you don't care. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care at all. And, but like, as an adult, it's also just like, the comfort level, like I used to be able to sleep on like a bag of rocks. And now if I'm like, if I don't have this one pillow in my arms, then the baby can't sleep. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, man. Yeah, getting, old, getting older is interesting. What we thought we looked like when we were younger is interesting. And being, it's amazing how much you can transport pose or share with your children but how many things you cannot share it's amazing how many like lessons that we all go through but we can't there's no real clean clear way to share that to a kid so they don't have to deal with the tragedies of it yeah i mean i uh they have to there's so many times when i'm talking to my kids where i'm like i don't even know why i'm saying this because it's like you're not gonna hear it from me yeah you're gonna have to Go through it. It's like even when you're, you know, like like kids driving, like I'm sure when you were driving, there was moments where you're like, holy cow, I almost ran over that guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's not like your parents hadn't said, you know, you got to make sure you look, but you don't hear that. It's just, it's just white noise. Yeah. Your parents are just, yeah. Your parents are creepy people that you can't even believe they made, they had sex before. Yeah. It's just gross to think it's really rude how gross you think your parents having yeah, sex yeah. is considering it's how you happen <laughs> yeah, yeah you're like oh it, i guess i wonder if that's a 
a factor in self-esteem. Like if people with really high self-esteem are like, you know, the idea of my parents making love is a beautiful thing. Because <laughs> it's just like even your parents kissing. It was like, oh, right? oh, it's horrible. I remember if my mom, if my dad tried to kiss my mom, my mom would fucking kind of threaten him with a cake cutter. That's good. That's good. Um, she was a cake cutter. Why? Like, was there always cake? Like, did you have dessert growing up? No, we'd had on birthdays. We had cake. Yeah, and that's when they would have some champagne together. Oh, really? And my dad would inch over and try to get a kiss on her, and oh, she would raise that fucking cake cutter, the one that had the prongs. It was like, oh yeah, it had yeah, the yeah. handle, and then the like that, and then a bunch of straight prongs. It looked like a yeah. comb almost. It was kind of like a server and a yes, a cutter. It's, the, it was a multi-purpose that thing. thing. Oh wow, that thing would take. Yeah, what I mean, is that? That was for the cake. Is that like a? Is that kind of like a Cajun thing? Because we didn't have cake cutters like that. I don't know. What's, what's all the what's all the like the fingers going down? I think you could probably play a song. I mean, who knows? I don't know. It could have had a xylophone tendencies. I don't know what some of the backstory of it was. Yeah, that harp. What happened to that harp? That harp was everywhere. Ooh. No, the 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 doing doing doing. Oh, that little hand what happened harp. To that? What happened to that harp? I don't know. Yeah, what was that thing? What happened to snuff, dude? What happened to a cute old lady in church taking a freaking hit of that tobacco powder to the dome? You know, you know? like the chewing tobacco thing. I did that. Did you do that? Mm -mm, I never did it. Yeah, I was a. That was a big thing. I remember. But snuff? Did you do? I did to Copenhagen. And... I mean the the powder you would. <laughs> oh snort. no! But I've tried that. God, I yeah. tried that. So like that's just sniffing tobacco. Yeah, that's right? got to make a comeback. I would think that would, right? Because that's probably a pretty interesting high. But I would think it's really bad for you. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> what if we got nicotine in our brain cavity? Because yeah, Ricky ain't doing well. He's got uh, he's got a so snuff. Oh, see, I thought that that was that's the same container as chewing tobacco. Right, that's long cut. Now, that's an actual cut that you put into your lips. Snuff is more, there's dry snuff right there. If you look, click on that one, one down. Yeah. One down, right there. Yeah. There's dry snuff in that one. If you zoom in on that, Zach, and you can see that, uh, with that, that's just a beautiful dust right there. The snuff. It's interesting because, uh, like, so Copenhagen, Kodiak, all that stuff, right? Mm hmm. I remember when they introduced uh, the pouches, or maybe the pouches were all always there and I never knew about them. Yeah. But you know, those were all started in Scandinavia mm -mm. because it was cold outside and it was windy. So they had to, how they consumed uh, tobacco was kind of chewing on it as opposed to where, you know, they could light it. Right, be easier. If it was warmer out, you know what I mean? Man, people will find a way to get tobacco. They need it, huh? Right. A little nicotine buzz. It just it's gets you fun. going. Well, it gets all your, or it'll make you go to the bathroom. It'll make you stay awake if you're driving. It'll kind of just get you through things you need to do. People, I mean, my parents smoked constantly. Yeah? Constantly. And I mean, they all, I mean, they died when they were 10, but like they, <laughs> no, but they, they smoked constantly and now no one really smokes. Oh, smoking's or, crazy. Like it's, it's pretty rare to see 
someone smoke like someone like I remember when they outlawed smoking in bars in New York City. I was like, well, that's not gonna work. And now the craziest thing would be like seeing uh, someone smoke on the subway. You're like, not only are they breaking the rules, but like they're smoking. Like yeah. that's just, but now kids do the- The vaping. And that's actually worse for you. Right, but it's fun and it tastes good. And you can have all the flavors and it's like, you can have all the different flavors you want. Um, but kids' lungs are getting decimated because when you vape, you're inhaling oil as opposed to like cigarette, you were just inherent, uh, inhaling smoke. So, but it's brutal because it's, it is so fun and it's portable, right? It's portable. You can do it inside. You can do it outside. You see people on planes secretly taking a hit. Yeah. You know, getting yeah. gassed up. You see all types of, of people doing it. Um, I worked on a movie and this girl was hammered. She, yeah, just constantly. I mean, she was probably nervous, but like... Um, it makes you more nervous. It does? Oh, it increases your anxiety. If you have no anxiety, you hit that thing, two hits, all of a sudden you're anxious. You're scared. You're calling somebody. You'll text the so cops. You, hey, what's up? <laughs> you. It creates anxiety. So do you, do you vape? I have been a vapor. I'll be honest. I have been a vapor. I have vaped. And so, but like, it's addictive, right? You can't really get rid of it. It's the most addictive thing ever. Like, you seem like you, you kind of like, were you always, I mean, vaping hasn't always been around, but like when vaping came out, you're like, this is my joint. No, right? I thought it was kind of, I thought it was something for that gay men did, honestly, at first. Oh, really? I thought it was, but I was the same way about the iPhone. I was like, nobody's going to, you know. Oh, that's so funny. This is, I was the same thing about twins. When I saw twins for the first time, I was like, this isn't I remember going to stick around. I remember when email addresses, like I had my email address, this is back when it was AOL, and it was my name. Mm -hmm. And I remember a friend of mine making fun of me, like... <laughs> You have your name and your email address? I mean, this is going back. And I was like, yeah, so that way I can just tell people. And they're like, huh, okay. Like, what are you, uh, your own business? It was such, and like, I remember Greg Giraldo making fun of me for having my website, jimgaffigan.com. He's like, why do you have a website? And I was like, well, I think everyone sh is probably going to have a website. And he's like, no. <laughs> Of and course. then he overdosed. No, well, of course, eventually he got a, a website. Right, that's what I meant. But it was just like, it was one of those things. It was, and he was a great guy. And, but it yeah. was, and, uh, but it was just, it was just seen a, as a little bit like unnecessary. Right. Like you're being a bit much here. Tim. Yeah. You know, like, if, you know, like commercials they used to, like when they, at the end, they'd be like, you know, visit Nabisco.com. Yeah. By the way, I'm getting paid by Nabisco. No, I'm not. But uh, but yeah, it's crazy to think, first of all, that anybody's ever going to go to Nabisco.com. Right. You right? Know, it's like, well, I'm bored. I'm going to go to Nabisco. <laughs> see what those Keebler elves are doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see some BTS of the elves, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah. They're all on spring break. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a smooth sack summer. People want to brandish up their balls and get them nice. That's what they want. And the leaders in below-the-waist grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst in a smooth sack summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping 
with our code THEO. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to de-hair that body and get your body well. Get your ball bag trimmed up. Get your ears, your face. God, trim your belly, boy. Get well, homie. Their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with code THEO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code THEO at manscaped.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind. Um... What was yeah? What was Greg Giraldo like? Did you ever get to spend time with him? Oh yeah, People no, I started. Him. I started with him. Oh really? I met him at uh, Coldwaters. Uh, there was an open mic there that you had to pay, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you had to pay like five dollars, and you'd go up. And he and I both showed up. I had, uh, and we were both wearing suits. We had a coat and tie on. He was a lawyer. He was a real lawyer. He was. A, he went to Harvard Law. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he he went to Columbia on a scholarship, and I think he went to Harvard Law on a scholarship. Oh wow! And he was working for the best law firm and or one of the great ones in New York City, and um, and you know, like yeah. So we were. It was um. God, I can't remember, but it was just because this was probably 92, 93. Yeah. And it was, you know, at those open, it, like stand up is much more middle class now. But back then it was, it was a lot of people that should just be in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of people that I used to do those open mics and then, but poetry open mics, there were poetry mm-hmm. open mics and you didn't have to pay for those. And those were just even more mentally ill people. Oh yeah. Um, just, uh, but I love those people. Like there was the Bowery Poetry Club. There was just these really uh, surf reality, just these characters, just these, your New York characters that were, and just, you know, like you, you weren't sure if they were homeless or if they were just kind of, but there were, the, you know, there were some a real, uh, real character people that were. Oh, yeah. You'd have somebody with a fern built into the side of their head, or you'd have like, yeah. Yeah. Somebody who. Somebody would just go up and they would just pour blood on themselves. Yeah. You'd have somebody with a pH balance of like 11,000 go up there, you know? <laughs> You would have, I mean, I, they would have, I, and then then poetry was like, it was almost like it was too soft, so it went the other way, it was slam poetry. Yeah. Where you'd have somebody just like throw a javelin through a white guy up there for, you know, two minutes or something. It was, like, it was just crazy. And then, and then occasionally somebody would like read, so people would read their own, because there was slam poetry, Do right? Do you not hear <laughs> my wings? And they would just fucking behead a white guy. You know? And then there would just be like, people would read excerpts from their novel. Oh, yeah. And people would be like. Be and they pass a gun around at the same time. That was the crazy <laughs> part. That was the craziest thing, dude. It's like, I don't think we need this gun going around. <laughs> what, uh. So, like, the Russian roulette, would you ever do that? Ooh. 
I think on an eight chamber, I would. I wouldn't go on six, though. Really? Do they make an eight chamber uh, pistol? I'm sure they probably do. Like, do you own, do you have a gun in a drawer in your residence right now? Yes. Is it in a safe or is it just kind of next to your nightstand? It is accessible, I would say. It's accessible. Without a safe. So if your girlfriend gets mouthy, you can take it out. <laughs> I could set it out next to the silverware. Okay. I could certainly set it next to the butter dish on the dinner table. She just she comes home and you're just waving it. Where were you? And she's like, I was just out with some friends. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How crazy must the past have been? I uh, I I followed you on your Apple device. <laughs> you weren't with your friends. <laughs> yeah, you were at Dave and Buster's, huh? Dave and Buster's. Uh-huh. You know I got tokens. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Dave and Buster? You're fucking quizzing her. Who are you fucking, Dave or Buster? <laughs> yeah. You're out there with these motherfuckers. These two men. <laughs> yeah. Who's Dave and Buster? You know. Is their food better than mine? Yeah, tell me the truth. Um, would you? Th- do you think you'd ever murder someone? Oh, this in, is... a, in a fit of rage. Yeah, you would, mm-hmm. right? What about you? Oh yeah, I think I probably could. I mean, not that I haven't already. No, but I would. Um, I don't know. What would you do with the body, though? That's the thing. Would you tell on yourself, or would you take a few minutes to decide if you want to tell on yourself? I w- I wouldn't tell on myself. Yeah, um, that's interesting. You know, because like people, we, you know, <laughs> when someone murders someone, there's always kind of like people are like, and then they lied about it afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. He <laughs> killed his wife, and then he concocted this big. But of course, they. <laughs> what yeah. are they supposed to do? And be like, I am a man of honor. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, of course, they're going to sit there and go and try and get out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, oh, you know what? I'll take 50 years in jail. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, uh, but it is like the. Um, yeah, I there's think, there's killing someone and then there's murder, though. Right. Right. I think there's a way to kill somebody probably humanely. Yeah. A little more humanely than murder. There has to be some middle ground in there. Like, did you know of anyone that got murdered in your town? Um, I have a I have a buddy who uh, has killed somebody. Yeah. And was he caught or did you just kind of out him? He uh, was not caught. He and was not caught. Nope. And is it one of those things where he, you guys were having some beers and he just started crying, I, I killed Angela. Or 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 did he tell you he's like I killed Bob? No, we were yeah. It was one time we were doing drugs. Yeah, he said it, and he I just knew it. that he had done it. Wow, because I've had people all the time are like I killed somebody, and you're like yeah. fuck you, you know yeah. you haven't, you know. Wow, and they're like you're right, I haven't, dude. And I, what was the reason for them killing them? Um, I want to say it was like domestic dispute. Really, and it was gay men. Uh, wow, wow. But I think there's a lot of domestic disputes. And I think the tough thing about killing somebody, right, is how do you say you kill somebody that say if you ask 100 people, yeah, 99 of them are like, yeah, you can kill Ernie, right? You can kill Ernie. So you do it. But how do you then how do you hide that body? How do you 
Yeah. And where do you do it? And then how I would feel honestly like I owed something to their family. So I would have to go and live next door to the family and be helpful to them or something for the rest of my life. I feel like without, you know, and I'd be like, oh, damn, I sure miss Ernie, you know? Yeah. And say, I'd, you know, it'd be fucked up, but I would have to but do But they it. would eventually forgive you and they'd be like, oh, you know. No, but they didn't know you did. You'd it. make love to Ernie's wife. What if that happened? Is Ernie married? I think he is. And I think, yeah, at that point, you get in, you assume the whole role of the family, and you just take over. And maybe you rebuild his life back to a level he could have right. never built it to. And wow. you change your name to Ernie. Well, what about, like, getting rid of a body? Like, you ever notice that, like, you know, like, I don't, I garden. I like gardening. I know it's, it's, I don't want to brag, but I garden. Yeah. But I, um, like, getting, like, digging a hole. Like, you know, some soil is easy to move, but some's like, you know, if it's clay, if you're trying to get rid of a body in clay. You're an idiot. You're, (laughs) (laughs) no, but like, you're like digging and you're like, you know what? It's not going to be six. Then you're just like, (laughs) you're like pile of leaves. (laughs) Like you can't go deep enough. It's just like, like, if it's really rocky soil, you're like, these rocks. I keep yeah. running into rocks. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't think this grave isn't going to be a sedan. It's going to be more of a two-seater. You know, we're going to go just like, this will be uh, just a hatchback, this grave. Yeah. And then the grave's just a foot and a half. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm just going to chop off the head. I'm going to bury the head here. You have to bury the guy with his head to the side. And then so you're like, and then you go to the store and you're like, oh, I'm going to buy all those chemicals where you kind of like Dexter melted bodies. Yeah, yeah. And you buy the chemicals and you're like, and you throw the body in there and it doesn't work. And you're like, shit. And then you look and you're like, oh, this, this chemical is not right. So then you got to dump out the body. <laughs> and you take the body and you throw it in a dumpster and you're like, and then you're about to fall asleep and you're like, ah, you know what, that dumpster, they're going to find that dumpster. Because <laughs> you, you see a guy walking in the background and kind of like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm not dumping a body. Right? That could happen. Oh, it would be uh, it would be so hard. Except some people get the hang of it. And I think once you unlock that code of how to get rid of a body, it's got to be. Right? I mean, yeah. It has to be like uh, when you, like Club 54 or whatever. I mean, you're just having a blast then. Yeah, it's You're just weird. getting rid of people. So people get, uh, that's how they get off though, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of killers out there. And women like the shows. I mean, that's one of the problems you've seen with society is during COVID-19, all the Dateline episodes got watched up, right? Yeah. People watched every murder episode. The, these channels started repackaging the same murders. People like, no, right. no, no, I know this is, I've seen this murder. You're just trying to trick yeah. me, you know? It's really sad. Also, then they started encouraging people to yeah. murder. <laughs> They're like, we need some content. Oh, they have to. And and Netflix started paying people to murder. <laughs> Would you be surprised though? <laughs> no. If there were like, uh, there was like a list. All right. So <laughs> I, I got to date her for two weeks. <laughs> then I have to be angry. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to be on meth. <laughs> so it's like all these variables to make a complex, interesting dateline. They you'd have to you'd have to do all that, but like it would be worth it because yeah, you'd, you'd get paid great. Well, I think I could see I could totally see if we get into a circle where networks, which are some of these big businesses, are paying, especially networks are paying. Yeah, I'll pay $100,000 for some guy. 
right. they go on a killing spree, a low key through right. through some other channel. So no, it never right. traces back to me. But, I get to make a documentary about it. That documentary is going to make me five hundred thousand dollars. So why wouldn't I just keep doing that? Right. By the way, there is a uh, a movie called man bites dog which is great i think it's i don't know what language it's in but before i had kids and before i was married i used to watch all these indie films and it's amazing and it's about this documentary crew that's following uh this serial killer mm. and then they start joining in like it's just how it's kind of contagious yeah and how it's it's you know like so like the they they're like partying with the the serial killer and then eventually they get wasted and then it's really dark but um it was kind of funny yeah but anyway well i could see you i think you get a kind of accustomed to anything you know i remember i stayed with a friend one time and they were playing volleyball every day and the first day i was like i don't want to play any volleyball i don't like it and the yeah. second day i got out there and the third day i was the first person on the court and then and before you knew it you were gabrielle reese yeah is she a volleyball player? I think yeah, she was. Gabby Reese. Gabby Reese. Yeah, right? she married Laird Hamilton, didn't she? Really? Yeah. I thought we'll find. We should I find out. So. I thought she was married to. Uh, yeah. No, she's married to somebody else. Is she married? Who is she married to? I think to? that's Laird. Laird. I think her husband is Laird. Oh, all right. Who's married to uh, Richard Marks? I guess she's not Richard uh, Marks. Because Gabriel Reese, she was on MTV too, right? I don't know if she was. Richard Marks. I don't know who Richard Marks He's is. He's married to somebody. She was a volleyball player, right? Richard Marks is married to who? Who is his wife? Is Daisy Fuentes. Daisy Fuentes. She oh, was... remember? She was hot, dude. Richard Marks is not that old. No. -uh. I didn't know who he was, but he, he looks Fuentes. like um, Chris Isaac. He wrote all the... You don't even know who he is, do uh -uh. you? See, you're too young. The Marx Brothers, I've heard of. <laughs> no, he wrote a bunch of songs, and then he wrote all these songs for, like, the Backstreet Boys mm. or something like that. God, that'd but. be nice. You have another skill, man. I mean, you're. I saw your movie, probably since we've last talked. I saw your movie. I think I even sent you a message about it. Um the one where you're the driver. Oh yeah, yeah, American Dude, it was Dreamer. Really cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was fun. I love acting. It's so fun. You it's crushed so... it, man. Oh, thanks. It was well. Really it's good. fun. How I much think... was it? How much did it cost to make that? They did that. I'm not. They. I know they did it for maybe two fifty. Wow. And you did a great job for that. Oh, thanks. And. <laughs> It was when we were shooting that. There's a car explosion, and we shot that in like I don't know, twelve days. Wow! And when the car explosion kind of happened, we had to shoot other things, and we kind of tried to get the car out. And and I remember us driving to the other location, and the car was kind of still on fire. <laughs> It was like a fire truck. I mean, it wasn't, believe me, it wasn't one of those things where we uh, caused any damage to anything. But it was, I mean, it was this guy who was this great director um, and uh, Derek Bort. And he, uh, but he had, he, he lives in Virginia Beach and he had a buddy who had a car dealership. And he's like, can I have two of the same cars? Because we needed two cars. Ah. 
So anyway, but I remember there was a car that was on fire and and we were and I was like, are we leaving that here? <laughs> and they're like, it's fine, it's fine, because we had to shoot, we had to get done with this shoot. <laughs> Dude, it's America's change. You can leave a burning car anywhere now, I feel like. Yeah, it's just... well, there's parts of, uh, but I think it's it, uh, there's parts of Virginia, not Virginia Beach, that's very nice, but like Norfolk, and Norfolk's nice, but there's parts that was like, whoa. Gets a little, yeah, it gets, it gets yeah. a little dangerous. Yeah. Well, there's some big cities they've gotten even like, like Minneapolis is like deserted, I feel like, you know? Yeah, it's sad. When I go there, I'm like, like they drew all kind of murals. Like there's more drawings of people in Minneapolis than there are people anymore. It's, I mean, I love Minneapolis too. Yeah, you take your special there. I think we were taking yeah. it at the same time down the street. Oh yeah. Or was, I was performing. And we couldn't, we, we couldn't, couldn't see each other. We couldn't see each other because of the uh, COVID. COVID restrictions. Netflix didn't allow anyone in to uh the this i mean this was also this and i have a new one now right that's what yeah uh you have a new one coming out this is your 10th one i know is that right? isn't that crazy that's yeah. unreal yeah i mean but it is it's it's uh it's you know it's all self-assignment right and so like, what do you mean by that when you say that well, it's like, you know, when you did your last special, you're like, I'm going to do this special. And you kind of set your mind to it and you do it. But like, the, the, I think the craziest thing is like, when I did my first special, it was the expectation was that people would maybe do one or two or maybe, you know, like Carlin did a bunch, but it was not what it is now, which is where and it it might change where people every couple of years put out a special i don't think and that might change but like you know i mean here we are in this on a podcast i mean that this didn't exist in its present form 5 years ago yeah do you know what i mean yeah where it's like people consume like there's pressure for you to do episodes because people you know you know, they, they're kind of like, all right, I need another hit, right? Yeah, it's really kind of scary, I think, sometimes. You're like, you become a dealer in a way, you know? Yeah. I mean, you become an entertainer, and you look forward to having the chats with people. Um, you also start to realize that people in our business and, and in different businesses are so busy that sometimes this is the realest chat you're going to get with them. Yeah. You know, and I started to realize that recently. Like, I went, um, where did I go? I went to do a podcast and I was like, man, and my friend was, he's just a busy guy. And I was like, man, this is, I wish I'd utilize that time a little bit more with him just to really be like, oh, this is our time to connect. It's just, that's how, you know, if you spend a couple hours with somebody, it's a lot of time. So yeah, it's, it um, is, I, I'm jealous of, I mean, I don't want to, uh, I'm not going to start my own podcast, but I am jealous of because, you know, comedians, you know, you get some success. You never get to hang out with people. Do you know what I mean? The more successful you are, the more you, and if you have other aspects of your life, you're not going to get the quality one-on-one -on -one time that you would normally get. And just for comedians, this is kind of our oxygen is yeah, talking to other comedians. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it probably used to be different. You guys would hang out together more. Was yeah. there more of that? I think all of that happens too when you're coming up as well. Yeah, and I think there was also just, there was, you know, there wasn't the touring and doing theaters, and which is great and I love, but it was, 
Or, you know, if you were doing comedy clubs, there was, you know, three or four people and you'd be there for multiple nights and you knew some of the wait staff and there was, uh, you know, you had more of, uh, uh, there was more of a communal experience, but it's all shifting constantly. And that's, that's true too. It changes constantly. And it's scary to know if the next shift, if you will apply to it. Right. That feels very scary. A lot of times if the next curve, if you will have, if whatever you're doing will have an ability to kind of like, uh, flourish in that space but i think that you know i I mean we talked a little bit about this beforehand before we even start i think authenticity is what people crave yeah and so there are things that are shiny and trendy and fancy but i think that if it's authenticity and it kind of can adjust to the times it's kind of timeless, right? Yeah. I think, you know. Yeah, I think you want, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like there's always going to be people that have, that come from uh, similar backgrounds to that we have. Yeah. Not that I know anything about you. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's, you know, but I don't know. I think that, you know, comedians, we are, that's kind of a litmus test among our peers is to, to retain that authenticity. That's not to say that there isn't some fun and there isn't some pretending and there isn't, oh, yeah. you know, exaggeration. But, you know, it's also like I think when comedians buy their own hype, even when, you know, even, you know, like when we were joking around, even like when comedians think they are good looking, that's kind of the kiss of death, right? When they're like, well, I am. I am a philosopher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, t- you know, you yeah. have to be self-aware. Yeah, it's scary. It's kind of scary because also people tar- you start people tar- start telling you stuff and you have to be careful not really to believe them. You have to just kind of know what your lane is. You have to stay out of your ego. The ego is really scary. It is scary. The ego is really, really scary, especially I think for guys who came from low self-worth and then here's this false sense of self-worth, right? Or the or here's this inflated, it's like this, um, it's like clothing. It's like this clothing. It's like, oh, look at me, look at what you can do. But yeah. the inside of you, it doesn't really, uh, it's it's not the reality. So yeah, yeah man, that's been the scare. That's been something scary for me is like, be trying not to hear certain things or just trying to keep my ego at bay. I think it's ego, but I think it's also getting, for me, mm-hmm. it's getting caught up in other people's expectations, which is, it's not like a problem that you solve once. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, you know, like the fact that your podcast is independent, which is not good or bad, right or wrong or anything like that, is like the expectation of of where of what you're supposed to do with things is usually and it's changing but like i guess what i'm saying is like the fact that rogan it, you know everyone was like oh you're supposed to do this you're supposed to start your own podcast company da, da, da. he kind of didn't get caught up in that and right. then ended up doing that spotify deal and it's and and I think comedians have a tendency to kind of go their own path. But for me, 
when I sit there and I go, oh, I should, uh, I should do this. That's what everyone else is doing. That's when I really mess up. Or it's mm. like, oh, the, there's a, uh, that's a nice dollar sign. Right. The, you know, my agent said that's good money. Uh, that's, that's when you get in trouble. Yeah. Is other people's expectations rather than anyway. No, no, that's a great point. What do you think, what do you think is, how do we, how, how do we, how do we kind of, or what things come into play there when we're trying to figure that out? Because I'll have things like that that come across and it's like, hey, man, you know, this looks great. This is so many thousands of dollars. I'm like, dang, yeah. that looks great. That, yeah. But then it's like trying to know what, trust whatever your instinct is, you know, or know what your instinct is. That's really hard sometimes. Right. To know, yeah. like, is this an instinct or is this a fear? Is this like an instinct telling me yes or is that my ego telling me yes like right it starts to get weird to fucking figure those like who's like who's at the front pointing at that moment you know what part yeah. of you i think it's it's like you know it's you know i think the ego is very impulsive right so it's like maybe taking time and you know it sounds corny the pros and the cons that helps yeah. a lot you know what i mean and also you know, you've got this successful podcast, but like also you have friends and you can, and you know, uh, it's just kind of like, you know, like your unique uh, sensibility is is not something that someone could tell you how to come up with. You know what I mean? It's like, that was on you, but I think I think input from uh, mentors, people you and, and but I think also tempered. You know what I mean? Like it's like kind of take all the advice and cut it in half. Like even when people like badmouth someone, I usually typically cut it in half. And so that's why, like, if I really hate someone, I'm like, I already cut it in half, and I hate you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, all right. <laughs> half, the, half the hate half right the now. bad shit you did what um when yeah. you and Geraldo were coming up was, did he start off doing better than you you guys were both doing well at the same time was there a competition there like what kind of uh that's so crazy he was so smart huh he oh he was super smart and he was also you know everyone liked him yeah and he would help me get in to because he grew up in Queens, he would help me get into clubs on Long Island. I was like this white bread guy, you know, no. and like on Long Island, they're like, Who's this dork? Yeah, who's and this so, milk man? Yeah, <laughs> and so, uh, he but he would help me, but yeah, no, he had a lot of success, and I was jealous, and I told him that I was jealous, and uh, but you know, it's weird because. You know, it's not just about the uh, the success. I think it's like how we all process the failures. Like I almost feel mm. like the advantage I had was that I had failed in a lot of things, whereas like people that were really successful in everything, they didn't have kind of the appetite for it. You know, like, or the aptitude even for failure. You have to have some fucking. Yeah. And, you know, like some people that are allergic to cilantro, they just, it, they're like, it tastes like soap. It's like, and so, like, failure, you have to have to have, uh, uh, you know, you know, it's like, you be know, tempered by it a little. Yeah. You have to, like, you have to have the calluses to deal with some of it. 
if that makes sense. No, I think it makes a ton of sense, man. Um, that's fascinating. I wish I knew more about him. I always hear neat things about him. Yeah. Um, His son's doing stand-up. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I'm supposed to have that, but... No, I'm good sure. for him. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Man, I always wonder what it feels like... Uh, I wonder if somebody's so, f like, imagine having a father that was extremely famous, right? Yeah. Like, say your father was, I'm trying to think of somebody who's really, really famous. Um, who can we think of? Pierce Brosnan or yeah. Carol O'Connor or who else has a kid? Well, you know, like, um, like How, the Quaid. The, oh, that Quaid family. That They're Quaid interesting. Family. Yeah, yeah interview Dennis. I want to interview the uh, brother too, Randy. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you should totally interview. I want to Randy. interview Randy. Randy, if you're out there, would love to uh, sit down and chat with you sometime, man. Well, but their probably, son Jack, he, so, yeah, because the son Jack, extremely talented and, and an amazing guy. I got to interview him years ago, and he was Jack yeah, is a wait neat minute, Do you guy. live in Nashville? Yeah, and because I d I did this show full circle with Dennis. And he lives in Nashville. Well, Jesus. Oh, yeah, Dennis lives there. Yeah. But I'm thinking Dennis' brother, Randy. Yeah, but like they might, you know, he might go to visit his brother. Yeah. Yeah, Dennis but, lives over there. I saw his picture in a magazine. Yeah. Yeah, Randy. Yeah, that's a serious beard. That's a beard that's, uh, you know. That's when your face is like, hey, I'm going to live off the grid. That's that's kind of like you're not going to tell me what I should do with my beard at all. Yeah, because I'm not even going to be able to hear you. That's why. Because yeah, have... there's some there's some really interesting videos of him and his wife, right? I haven't seen. Is it like oh, uh, yeah. sex stuff? No, it's just he's because he's uh yeah he's, he's kind got, of out there. He's got you know um he's pretty strong right wing views. Is that yeah. right? Is that a safe way to say it? Kind of? I think so. And he and his wife, it was really interesting because they were in a, on a park bench and they were uh, getting ready to drink, I think, some champagne you or saw something them? like that. No, on this video. Oh, on the video. But they were, I think it was all about, you know, it was like about Biden and stuff like that. And yeah, I think they get pretty really, political. Yeah. Um, but I would, I mean, Randy is an iconic character. You know? Yeah. His Cousin Eddie character was iconic. Yeah. God, yeah. isn't that wild how that, I mean, that's just... And then the son's a huge star now. Yeah, the son is maybe a bigger star than even both of them were. I mean, they're all they've all obviously have a lot of talent in their family. Um dude, what about um I love dessert. Don't you like it? Oh yeah. Uh, you know what I had yesterday, bro? Baklava, dude. Really? God, man. I didn't even know what what, what was going on and then I had it. And I was like, "Wow, they really did it good." You yeah. had it? I, yeah, no, it's great. You know what I had yesterday? I was on a plane, and they, uh, no, it was before the plane. I had, have you ever had olive oil cake? It was amazing. Really? It was amazing. Oh. But baklava, what, what, where'd you have it? I had it from some Mediterraneans, you know? Yeah. A couple of, uh, Mediterraneans brought it by and God, it was just so good. Right. What's on it? Bring up a chunk of baklava, dude. Let me even see it. Cause you know, at the end of the night, I either want to fucking do something horrible to myself or have something like a, a sweet dessert. Yeah. 
It is. Yeah, so that's like... God, look at the layers on that. I mean, right? that's almost like something a geologist would cut out of the earth. Well, that's just how many layers of... And, you know, I think similar to croissants, it's like mm, yeah. each one of those layers gets uh, uh, a, a bunch of butter on it. Oh, Greek food is really underrated. Oh. Really underrated. God, I love... Um... Yeah, some of the pastries, they look so gentle, you don't even, Yeah, you're like, do we eat this? Yeah, it's, it's, baklava is, it's, it's, it's packed with sugar too. It's is just, it? yeah, I think it's like, it's really dense. I feel like there's different, like, there's different eras of sugar, like, you know, because like, rock candy, they used to eat rock candy. My mother loves it. Rock candy. And then like And it was sugar on a little wooden pole. Right? The chunk of sugar. By the way, you ever had straight sugar cane? That's yeah. great. Like you just get a hunk. Mm -hmm. And I think that's not bad for you. Wow, because it's not processed. Yeah. That processing really does a number and it does a number on right? our bodies too. Yeah. But sugar cane, that stuff is so sweet, it's unreal. So, you know, here's the thing that I thought was so I did this movie, Peter Pan, where I was, uh, I played a pirate. So I kind of went down a rabbit hole learning about pirates. And so when sugar became this big thing, that's where so like sugar people started putting sugar in their tea and their coffee wow. and they put sugar in everything people love sugar and it destroyed people's teeth and so like prior to that people's teeth were fine but like once sugar happened it devastated people's uh teeth mm -hmm. here's another interesting thing that i thought was really wild is that like the coffee break was created so that people would drink coffee because when people drink coffee, they're more efficient at work. So they wanted people to drink coffee. You know, I don't know if you drink coffee at all. Yeah, I like having but some. But like, it's like you can kind of focus and you can kind of, I mean, it also keeps you regular, but like you can focus. So like they wanted people to drink coffee. Yeah. I mean, some people, so there were women that would get rid of, if they, if they didn't have coffee, they would get rid of their children. They couldn't handle it. You know, they need, it's part of their day. You know, it's people, yeah. it's a staple in American dayhood. And my daughter who's 14, I think all my kids love it, but like they love Starbucks. They love Starbucks. Like how I loved McDonald's or mm, Wendy's. Mm. They're all about the cake pop. They're all oh, about really? that sugary, you know, those shakes. They're essentially just shakes that they're getting, but it's a social atmosphere going to Starbucks. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a it's a rite of passage. It's like now you're part of your day, you know? Yeah. It's like the morning paper almost it's, in a way. Yes, it's fancy. It's kind of... Um, adult pretending yes that's very true i'm here to get my they have your name written down yes it's like yeah i'm here for my coffee that yeah. i reserved kids love it yeah they love it and those cake pops are just it's just a ripoff it's just a dot of a cookie oh it's nothing i can't believe that that's anything bring that up that cake pop right and it's just fucking and it's got to be as a bigger you know a bigger guy sees you eating that he's like what are you what are you doing right you know what, what are you I mean? doing, huh? 
Who do you love? You know what's amazing? Is, did you know that those cake pops, they grow them on trees? Mm-mm. Isn't that weird? Oh, yeah. Oh. There's different trees. There's like strawberry cake trees and there's And it's just the way trees. that they do it? Yeah, they just grow like that. Dude, they do add the sprinkles later. Those aren't natural. Well, you know what'll drive you? Did you know sugar? <laughs> most of our sugar comes from beets. What? Yep. <laughs> Look up Nampa. Nampa, oh Idaho. By the way, by the way, beets. Vietnampa, dude. Beets are a very underrated vegetable. And they're making a comeback. Radishes are making a comeback. Radishes are making a comeback. Aren't they? Radishes they are. are by the way, I grow radishes in my garden. Takes like 20 days. Easiest thing to grow. So easy. Easiest thing to grow. And you can never decide if they taste good or not, but you eat Right. Them. It's it because and you put I put them in a salad and my kids are like, "Ow, did you put jalapenos <laughs> in here?" I'm like, "Those are radishes." Cuz my kids are that white. They're white. Yeah, yeah, they're white jalapenos, dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. What do we have there? We have Nampa sugar. <laughs> Let's look at it. I'm going to be honest with you here. A lot of our sugar in America comes from beets, and that's over in Nampa. That's insane. Yeah, I guess there is a big company called Amalgamated Sugars that's based in Nampa. And the Nampa factory processes 12,000 tons of sugar beets. Sorry, that's what they are. And granulates 1,000 tons of sugar per day. Wow, that's a lot. In addition to processing sugar beets into sugar and molasses, the Nampa factory produces animal feed products such as pulp and betaine. So wait a minute, I'm kind of, what does a sugar beet mean? I'm not sure, can we Is see Is that one? like a sugar stock? Sugar cane? Is that another thing? There you go. What? Yeah, sugar cane's different. That's it. Oh my God, I never knew that. Let's look at a sugar beet. I never beet. knew, really? wait a minute. I never, I always thought, I thought sugar cane was where all sugar came from. Brother, we all did. I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, from uh, Cuba and Puerto Rico. Oh, and, yeah, homie, we got the sucre. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can and that's we, why there's Bacardi there. And Can we look at sugar beets, the wiki of it or something? So wait a minute. And a Nampa, or Viet Nampa, as they call it, because I think there's a lot of issues out there. A sugar beet is a plant who's not, whose root contains a high concentration of sucrose and which is grown commercially for, for sugar production. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sugar beets are grown in climates that are too cold for sugar cane. Oh, that's interesting. In Russia, twenty in twenty twenty, Russia, the United States, Germany, France, and Turkey were the world's five largest sugar beet producers. I mean, it, it, you ever occasionally just hear about an animal that's never and you yeah. I was working on this movie and this woman was like, because uh, we have a place in uh, thank you. In in uh upstate new york and she's like oh yeah there's a lot of uh blah 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 like she was like uh some type of cat and i was like what's that and she's like you've never heard of that it's like i like it was just it's some kind of common wild you know and you didn't know it existed i didn't I know that. it existed blows your mind right yeah you're like how could i miss out on some of it, it it's she was like it's the equivalent of like a mountain lion i'm like what <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, what have I been doing? How can I not know that? How about the fact that bears used to be everywhere? Mm -hmm. Bears were everywhere. Bears and wolves were yeah. everywhere. Oh, I would be, imagine you're like, hey, I'm going to go take a walk. And people are like, I don't know if I would. Right? Yeah. And you're like, fuck you, I will. And then you die.
Yeah. Well, I think in China, people used to get eaten by tigers all the time. Yeah. I think in, in China and India, people would yes. just get eaten by a tiger. Oh, I would That's hate crazy. that. And well, imagine if they start eating you and you know you can't get away. What do you do then while it's eating you? Like Brutal. say it's got your leg going down it, right? Brutal. And the pain is subside the pain your your adrenaline will take over. Yeah. So you're just feeling you're just horrified. You'd what probably do you do? have like a weapon. You'd have a knife on you, right? You'd just be like, if I'm going down, you're going down with me, right? What if you don't have that? You just pet it, you think? I think I'll try to put it to sleep. If it falls asleep, you might be able You'd to get pet it. it and just be like, oh, it's such a cute kitty And the cat would be like, mm. like maybe <laughs> underneath the belly and they're like, oh, right? And they're like, <laughs> hush, little baby. Do you remember nursery rhymes? People would always sing those to yeah. babies. And now people are like, shut the fuck up, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Nursery rhymes. Hush. A lot of them are really kind of dark, right? Mm. Like uh, Ring Around the Rosy, that's about like the plague. And I think. Oh. Uh, um, was it Ring Around the Rosy about the plague? I think it was. It's crazy. Were your. Um, who took care of you when you were a kid? I was. I lived by myself. No, I. Um, <laughs> I was um, the youngest of six kids. I mean, I kind of, it was oh, definitely. Oh, so you were the, there was nothing left in the parental tank for you probably. No, not really. That's interesting because some pe people usually say, oh, you were spoiled. But like there was there was a burnout effect. You yeah, know number I mean? four was spoiled, dude. You were. Yeah. And there was just, uh, you know, so like they were highly suspicious of everything I had done. Um, yeah, but it was also, there was, I think it was an era where kids were kind of, you know, they would be like, get out of the house, see you at eight, you know what yeah. I mean? Or see you at dinner. Uh, but during the summer, like we would, we would camp out. Like, I can't imagine my kids just camping out, but we used to do that. We used to just, you know, all right, we're going to build a fire. And he'd just wake up at three in the morning, freezing. Yeah. <laughs> you'd run home, <laughs> covered in bug bites. You're like, why'd we do that? And then two weeks later, you're like, should we do that again? Yeah. Right? You said you lived in up uh, in upstate New York. Does Louis, do you uh, live by Louis? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he lives up there somewhere. Yeah. I I, I'm in like Westchester. Oh, sweet. I don't know where that is, but. So, yeah. So, how many people, how many episodes of your podcast have you had? 450, I think. Wow. 452. 452. And this is our last episode in this studio, actually. It, it, now, if I did, so I, I was on it in 2018, 19. Mm -hmm. Was it here? No. It was at a different studio that was closer by, um, towards the airport. And so, how do you... Do you do you set did did you design this or did someone else? No, well, let me think. A lot of like listeners and stuff have sent things in that were really cool. There's a picture of Brody Stevens somebody yeah. sent. A lot of neat things. We have a deck, a whole deck of cards that somebody drew all these faces. 
on different cards from all of our guests that oh, came wow. on. There's one of you in here too, somebody made, but somebody oh. made um, individual cards. Oh, that's um, amazing. This is, this is truly amazing that somebody did all those. Um, so, and then, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we just kind of put it together. I don't know if we've always had the best design aesthetic, but we're What gonna... was the most awkward? Was there one where you're like, this feels like work? Or was there one where an episode this person's wasted? Oh, and... Jesse Ventura. Oh, really? The Baja. Yeah, down in the Baja. Now, were you down I'm there a... when you did it? Or and I'll were... tell you why. You want to know why? I'm not good at it, but. And he, um, so he was the governor of Minnesota. Yeah, dude, he's the governor. But he's, he's now he's kind of, do you think he's got CTE? Oh, I think he's the mayor of dementia now. Oh. And was he, was there hostility? Not a chance. He's like, I'm going to leave in 30 minutes. Let me tell you something for two and a half hours. And he just talked the whole time. I felt, you know, I shouldn't rip him so much. It was just, it got to be insufferable, kind of. I and think. was, was what was your connection? Was he promoting a book? Was he, was he? I think uh, he was in like a motorcycle gang or something. But I was just, I think I was just excited to talk to him, you know, yeah. and just intrigued by him. He had a unique life, oh, you know, man. to get to go do, to be a professional wrestler, to be a, um, he was an aqua Marine, I'm not sure what it's called. Uh, seal? Yeah, he was a S Navy SEAL, but it was, they do a lot of the, they go in first and like will set, like a like check out the premises before uh, maybe the Marines come and land. I can't remember oh, what wow. the group is called. But yeah, a lot of underwater. So it's oh, like wow. underwater, UBA, U-B-U-D, I don't know. Did he play in the NFL? I feel like he played in the NFL. Know. That'd Maybe be interesting. I don't remember if he did, but um, yeah. So that was just kind of a tough one, you know. And then I think on different days, some of them are different. Some days I wish I knew more when I was talking to people, and some days I wish that I was in like a better energy or attitude, you know. Um, has it been hard being a parent and being like a famous person? Has that been kind of tricky? It is weird, um, because you know. You don't really think of yourself as, you know, having any level of fame. Right? right. There's moments where you're like, oh, this is sweet. I get to yeah, get a restaurant. Uh, I can go in a restaurant. And, uh, but um, so there is moments where um, uh I you know like my 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 uh, son at one point when I was picking him up from like soccer camp or something was like you know my uh, the coach was kind of uh, a jerk saying oh you're the, the funny guy you know you're the funny guy's kid you know what mm -hmm. I mean so like that's weird but um, yeah I mean I don't know it's it's strange because there is uh, you know the. You know, it's weird because, like, my dad was a small town banker, so I didn't. There's nothing to prepare you for it. You know what I mean? 
So yeah, totally. And how could you know how to prepare for it? Yeah, and especially it doesn't see it. A lot of times you don't feel like you're popular. You don't feel. No. It's like you walk around thinking, "Oh, I'm up." It's like you're just kind of living your life, and then there's this other realm that's kind of going on that yeah. flares up every now and then when you're in certain instances. Yeah, and or like if you're, you know, if we're eating dinner with, uh, you know, not that we eat out really that often, but like if we're eating out and someone's like comes up. That's weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I don't mind it if I'm alone or if I'm after a show and I'm in a restaurant. But if I'm with my family, it's a little weird. Yeah, because you have to take a break from that moment and then step out. And then it's like the center of attention is you. Then I have to act like I'm nice. Right. (laughs) (laughs) In front of my kids. And I don't like my kids seeing me be kind. (laughs) Yeah, I always wonder what the law, like what the effects of that are. Like, what are the residual effects that that you don't even realize, or that any popular parent doesn't even realize? You know, that a kid then how it affects their life. And then sometimes I was thinking, like, imagine if your dad was like extremely famous. Your dad was like Napoleon Bonaparte, or yeah. Um, if your dad was like uh, Michael Jordan, you know, how would you ever? make your dad feel like he means as much to you as he does to like just some stranger on, you know, I wonder if there would always be some weird hangups, you know, if you were that level of popularity, you have to be really interesting. Yeah. I think Napoleon's son even became, I think he ruled France too. Oh really? Yeah. I think that like there was, I mean, I think, I don't know. I want to see that Napoleon movie coming out. Is there a new one? Yeah. Did you see Mel Gibson's new movie yet? Which one's that? It's a documentary. It's called The Sound of Freedom. Oh, wait. That's a documentary? It's a real film. That's Jim Caviezel? Right? Um, it's it's called The Sound of Freedom. It's uh, the incredible story of a former government agent turned vigilante who embarks on a dangerous mission to rescue hundreds of children from yeah. sex trafficking. Yeah, that's Jim Caviezel, right? Yeah, interesting. yeah. I need to go see this. Is that Mira Sorvino? Ooh. Uh, and Bill Camp. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I think that's like the number one movie. That's wild. I got to pee. You do? Yeah, I always have to pee. I had to pee before I even came in here. Yeah, go pee and we'll do another 20 minutes. What are you quitting, smoking? No, I'm addicted to this. You're addicted to nicotine gum? Yeah. Oh my god, bro. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, you're right. Oh, if they had cocaine the gum. <laughs> I'm sure they probably have some. I'm surprised that's not like at some store. Oh yeah, cocaine gum is good for you. Because <laughs> you know you'd have a buddy. It's not addictive because you're chewing it. Yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> addictive if you cheer for the Mets. No, it's good. It's good for your jawline too. <laughs> You get the cocaine gum. That's fine. Yeah. It's cheaper than regular cocaine, too. Oh, yeah. My cousin, he had half of his uh, throat <laughs> oh, taken look, out. cocaine chewing gum. Yeah, that was wow. a thing in the Old West was cocaine gum. Wow. Fuck yeah, dude. Now, that's... I would go through... Yeah, I'd ride off into the heat, dude, if I was on cocaine gum. Look how they used to spell it, too, with no E on wow. that little jar. Cocaine. But boy. you know... Did you used to party with it some ever? With cocaine? Yeah. 
I've done it, but you know. Yeah, me too. You know, <laughs> you were like, yeah, me too. Oh, dude, it's why. Oh, you know when what? When I that, think about I, it, sometimes I think about us meeting up in like a room, like, and you know, like having a eloping. <laughs> I literally think about that. Like me riding off in a carriage in the night with an eight ball just holding on to me from behind, you know? <laughs> the, um, that's that's one of the influences of having kids is like it kind of removes some of the stupidity stuff from you like you're like wow i can't do that anymore. yeah you can't do it anymore well it's like a baby is born and you you look at the baby and your first thought is well that takes suicide off the table <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's a really dark thing, yeah. but it kind of is true. Yeah. You're like, and now you're like, eh, 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 I can't do that. You know? Yeah. But there goes gymnastics. <laughs> you're like, all right, I guess I can't be a hobo anymore. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there is things like that in your life that start to disappear. Like there's there's like years where you're watching football and you're like, yeah, one day yeah. I'll get back out there and play. <laughs> Even if you never play, you're like, one of these days I'll be back out there. You know, yeah. they'll miss me. Somebody will call. They'll need a free agent. You yeah, know? yeah. Or they'll do a strike and they'll, they'll have just tryouts. need. They'll need a long snapper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is there anyone here in the stadium? I could do long snapping. I did that in high school. And then even those ideas start to they, they don't show up anymore. Then there's just not a chance. Yeah. Well, there is like the uh, the Olympic dreams die. Yeah, you're like, all right, well that's like also when quarterbacks are retiring and they're like 20 years younger than you, you're <laughs> like, so Tom Brady's that old? He's only 45. You're like, oh, I guess, I guess I am old. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you've done a, a a lot of acting with this with this many specials. Do you think about slowing it down? What do you think? Do you start to have has your view or your vantage point got different? Um, I don't know if anybody has as many specials as you. I mean, you might be the most prolific. Well, it is. Uh, it is weird. I think it's like well, with I think we're all kind of reevaluating what we're doing all the time, but. Some of it, I think, was motivating. Motivated by when I tour, I definitely want the audience to see a new show, and then there is such a sense of completion in finishing the hour. And then I don't know. I feel like with stand up, I'm kind of I'm getting better. You know, like there's all right. I you know I'll I'll be like all right. I'm gonna. I want to tell some stories. All right, now I want to talk about, uh, I don't want to talk about food at all, which was like another uh, uh, hurdle of mine. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to talk. My wife had a brain tumor. I'm going to talk about the brain tumor. And then, um, all right, I, you know, like I could just talk about my kids constantly, but I'm like, I'm not going to just, because I was like that 26 year old guy sitting in a comedy club hearing people talk about their kids and I yeah like, i can't even get a date so um <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so there's the assignment of it but yeah i don't know there is something of uh um because in the weird the weird way we're doing it for ourselves right and so 
when you get off stage and people are like, thank you so much, you're like, I was just doing that for myself. <laughs> you know, it was like, I had fun. You know, it's like, you know, there was this, there used to be this saying, like, doing colleges, you're not paid for the show. You're paid because it's so hard to get to them. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, that and, was always the worst. Yeah. And so, but to answer your question, I do feel like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, taking some time, but it is, I enjoy, it's the creative fulfillment. That's, yeah, that's, the that's buzz. huge. Well, that's, a that's, and I think, I think that people that have podcasts get that, that buzz uh and you know it's and and i enjoy acting and i get it there but like acting so um it's so erratic on when you can do it so um yeah there's there's definitely like uh i think a fulfillment aspect for people like you get to the end of a of a chapter in your life you don't want to you just you challenge yourself i don't want to talk about this anymore i want to try something new you also feel yourself evolving. You know, that's something I feel in my own life sometimes yeah. now for like some of the first time in probably forever. I've started to feel like, oh man, I'm evolving a little bit. I need to, I want to start thinking in different patterns and talking about stuff that maybe has more, is like more thoughtful to me. Yeah. But then sometimes it's like, you don't want to get too crazy and you want to make sure that people are just having fun. You know? Absolutely. It's like, you don't want to turn into some like, you know guy who's just like preaching you know yeah. so that can be kind of a tough that can be tough a little bit sometimes to manage and i think comedians we i i think people are always so surprised at how sincere comedians are that's not to say that we're we don't joke around and have fun but like but we have to keep a balance on that sincerity because if we get too sincere then we're just then we might as well just be a preacher. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Then we're like, you know, the way we should do go, you know, it's like we might as well just be preaching. Yeah. You know? Did you see that little kid, that Pentecostal kid recently? They had a kid who was doing speaking in tongues. Oh, he was wow. a young preacher. Now, did you growing up, did you go to church? We would sometimes. My dad would take us over there. I mean, my dad was so old when I was young, when I was a child, and so he would walk over there to church and he'd fall asleep. He'd fall asleep wherever we were. Yeah. And so when I got there, I was kind of on my own wherever we went. You know, my dad was like, I'll introduce you to people. We'd go, we'd sit down for a second till he could take a break and then he'd be fucking dead asleep. So then I would just be kind of like in these places and I had this sleeping father that felt uncomfortable. And then I was there and had to kind of like navigate some situations. That kind of stuff would happen a lot with my dad. And how, what kind of church was it? Was Pre it Presbyterian? Presbyterian. Yeah. They had three nice oak trees, I remember. And uh, they tried to do an insurance fire once or twice, but it didn't take. And, and um, great breakfast over there, though. Right. God, nothing will bring you home, you know, nothing will bring you to the Lord like a dang one of those donuts with pink frosting and well, fried Well, I just egg. think of like different churches. Like, you remember. Like we went to this church uh, in Maryland that uh, just amazing. You go and get pizza, and oh. donuts, and you know you're like you know, you're usually a little hungover on Sunday, <laughs> and you're like, this is sweet. You know, a little kick from that lemonade. You're like, this is perfect. Yeah, God knows what I need, but. Yeah. 
Yeah, church was fun. I thought the funnest thing about church was just kids playing and stuff like like a social environment. Yeah. You know? And it used to be that was the place you saw anybody. They didn't have all this other stuff. You had to, you know, fight off yellow fever all week and dysentery and get everybody's butts clean and everything and then wagging them up to church. And that's where you'd see somebody and hope somebody would with a little bit of money would make love to your daughter or, you know, or, (laughs) you know, that's where, you know, that's where it happened. It all happened right there on the, you know. And, you know, it's like... You know, there is something strange about because also I spent my twenties and you know my thirties very much opposed to it, and then I married this woman that that uh, is Catholic, and I mean I was raised Catholic, but kind of just kind of culturally, and but there is something about there's a, a quietness there that you know there's something meditative about it and maybe because it's so boring (laughs) but it was it's there is something about like oh and i'm just standing there with my kids i'm just sitting there with my kids it's it's like the world slows down like i you know you see why people go and why they have a connection to it yeah i love i mean i love faith you know i have i feel like i have a good faith you know i like being able to close my eyes and and i like to pray twice a day i like to be able to think about god and 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 talk and or my god and ask him you know what i can do for others and just things like that or if i need help to offer me some suggestion um I love that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. one of the best times I ever had in my life or best I ever felt was when I felt like I had a really strong connection to a higher power. Yeah. And I'd worked on it a lot and it, and it really came to fruition. And even if some people say, well, that's voodoo, whatever it is, doesn't matter. It worked. It like, I, it worked as much as it, as it, it was real as far as I knew. And if that's, if that's the truth to me, then that's great. Well, it's also you talk about uh, you. You had mentioned before ego, right? Like that humility, or just a concept of humility, is so necessary, right, to navigate this. Because if you let the ego take over, mm. it's trouble. You uh, know what I mean? And I know be, that. Yeah, I'll... I know that uh, to some people listening, that we just sound like we're saying gobbledygook, but like. It is one of those, like when you, you know, you're somebody that if if you, you know, like I've struggled with my ego and stuff like that. It's like the only way you can get that in line is having some humility and like, and the premise of religion that or belief system that there is a higher power is, is very kind of, it's like that structurally, you know, literally puts you in a position of of humbleness you know what i mean because you're you're working with alongside somebody else or for somebody else yeah yeah oh i'm so grateful that there's something else out there that i can believe because yeah i think i like rejected the world so much that i was in growing up that i wasn't going to take direction from anybody in it probably you know i hated my environment so much i despised like I mean, I despised my fucking environment, you know? It just, I mean, it. everything about it fucking hurt me. I felt like, right? That's yeah. how I felt anyway. Yeah. And so the no one in the world of human probably would I ever 
really believe in, right? So you almost need this other, this this uh, satellite to beam through this other entity to help me get adjusted to trust the yeah. world again. And so that's why I'm, man, because for me, I, and everybody can have their own thoughts. I don't, but for me, as I'm just- As long as they're the same as mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. But for right? me, man, I'm so, because I wouldn't have believed you to said, hey, listen to this guy. I don't know if I would have done that, but you give me a, 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 a hypo, an invisible being, right? Yeah. Visually invisible, you know? And it's just, and there's just enough malleability in there for me to say, okay, I'm will, I'm willing to try this, and then it opens up more of a door for me of like, um, of connection. Does that make any sense? Yes, I think okay. also like, even saying, I, I, I think you know the whole agnostic. I don't know, is that's that's yeah, just least, where you got to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. It's like, I don't, you know, I think that human beings are so arrogant and the assumption that like every generation has thought that they've had it figured out and every generation has been wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like even, you know, so it's like if we can't be like, we don't know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then we're really kind of starting from a bad position. So. Yeah, dude. I don't know if how you think you'd have been like a good like if you go back to those times you go on a date. Like, would you have been like a good settler? You think where would you have best done know. in history? Where would you have best oh, been? Uh, yeah, gosh. I sometimes think about like my immigrant ancestors because you know, my I did that Finding Your Roots show. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen and that. So uh, that's where they they kind of they do your. Oh, ancestry. you did that? Yeah. Where they take you to the library. Well, no, mine was uh, uh, where they kind of like tracked my mother's side and my father's side. And did you have to were... go meet someone at a mall or anything? No, no, I didn't. This was, uh, but like, so my grandfather made dentures, and I remember thinking, "Oh, he made dentures. Uh, that's interesting." You know, like yeah. dental stuff, and. But what I learned through that show is that my grandfather broke this cycle of working in the coal mine f that had existed for generations. And so I think of like my ancestors that came over from Ireland, you know, and just like that was that was rough. And, you know, like yeah. there's an ancestor that was framed for murder. Oh, and how would you, know you know even I mean? prove you didn't do it back then? Like you did it. Well, like, by the way, I think because he was, uh, they, uh, you know, it was kind of theorized that he was a uh, um, kind of like there was this anti-immigrant stuff going on, and being an Irish immigrant, that he was part of the Molly Maguires, and so they framed him, and then they kind of he got pardoned by the governor. And they don't know, you know, like they never explain why he was pardoned. You know, was he pardoned because he was innocent? Was he pardoned because he was crooked? Because he was crooked, you know? And so, wow. But like, yeah, so like a different era. I feel like I'm so pale that, you know, like I need sunscreen, you know. Even by a computer, huh? 
Yeah, opening the fridge. Oh, so I. Um, yeah, that's got to be the saddest, dude. If you're real pale, because then if you open the fridge, everybody sees you too. Yeah, and if so, you're like bigger and pale, and so no, but like I mean, it's not sad. It's beautiful, but it's like. What era would you be in? I don't know. The future seems way sketch, you know? It's just, yeah. I feel like going to be people like you drive up to a machine that feeds you and then you come into it. Yeah. it would, But it has to be in the past. Civil War could have been interesting, right? And if you would have been like a referee, I think. Yeah, I mean, Civil War, but like people were just, so many people were killed. Like the the equipment... Uh, like the the weapons were so yeah like the, the and it's like you got shot they just chop off your leg you know what i mean yeah they you didn't even have to be shot in the leg they just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah they had yeah some of their tech yeah a lot of their technical skills were way limited it seems yeah like, dude Whereas I think like, like if some people, even if they had just had like Down syndrome, they're like, oh, he got shot by something. Like, no, this guy, <laughs> he's fine. Yeah, he's, he's fine. fine. Let him, he's just over here raking leaves. Let this guy <laughs> leave loose, him alone. Man. Um, I but, think there was a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, like, but I don't know, maybe. But then I don't know. You're right. People smelled so bad. I don't know if I would want to be a pilgrim because you're like, well, we're almost there, and everybody's dying, and then you get there, yeah. and you have nothing to do. There's nobody even waiting when you get there. I do think that the South is really fascinating. I know you're, you know, Louisiana. Oh, yeah, it is fascinating. It's because there's a civility there that, you know, y'all and yes, ma'am, uh, yes, sir. It's that is so different from the Midwest where I'm from, but... It's it. There's a civility there, and a, and an authentic kindness mm -hmm. that is kind of unique. You know, it's kind of this remnants of the British thing with like the sweet tea versus the British drinking tea. Yeah, there's kind of an old traditionalism there yeah. that really comes. I mean, there's through. also tons of racism. Oh but. yeah, I mean, if you get it, it's a real, it's a little slavey. You get into Mississippi, it's a little slavey. You know. But the, and, that that kindness is fascinating. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the crazy part about the South. It had this like it also it had like two totally different ends of the spectrum. <laughs> you know, it was like be a gentleman, be polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if you're black, you're not allowed to come in. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So they had. I mean, that was just unreal. I can't even imagine that people went through all those times. It's really crazy to think that as humans, where we sit today, it's it's like it's pretty unreal. And, what, and how quickly we fucking got to the place where we're just sitting here, you know, um, masturbating into a phone. Right. Well, also, like, the... So we look at the bigotry or the bias of the past. Mm -hmm. What biases exist today that are the equivalent to, you know, women couldn't vote until 1920. Yeah. You know, uh Really, African Americans couldn't freely vote until the '60s, I and know. so like it's like what what kind of it's not like we're done. You know what I mean? Like right. there's some biases that exist today that we are kind of unaware of. We're like, what's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong. Like even like w people 
like I think when I started stand up, people used to do midget jokes, and they used to always drive me crazy. Yeah, and um, and people don't really do that anymore. But like, I'm sure I do jokes where people are like, in 40 years, people are going to be like. That hateful Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, look at this hate monger. Look at this. He was, like he would talk about beef. Jim Crow Gaffigan. Jaffig- <laughs> he would talk about meat. <laughs> yeah, like uh-huh. they ate meat back then. Like we're gonna realize, like the you know, like we're become we'll be all become Hindu and like you know the cows are point. these sacred beings, dude. If we know? all become Hindu, then your material is hate speech. It's hate speech. Bacon. Bacon. Who are you? Just like, what's going on? You're the you know, Stephen King Muslims, of a menu at that yeah, point. Yeah, you know, like to Muslims and Jewish people, it's like the, I'm glorifying this sinful thing. <laughs> you know, it's so weird, dude. That's so true. Depending on upon how the future looks at things, yeah. or how they even choose to look at things, as like writers of articles and this yeah. and that, you could be vilified. Well, I mean, I think even the Roseanne thing that happened on your podcast yeah. is, I mean, maybe I'm just kind of opening my eyes a little bit to it, but like, it literally took me two seconds. So I saw she was trending, saw what she said, then I watched the clip and I was like, it's obviously she was joking. She was being sarcastic. Why didn't... And I don't even know, that's all I know. Like, I didn't yeah. talk to anyone else about it. Does it still exist as an issue? No. No. It's it was, going away. It was just, yeah, it was just crazy. They just, like, they took our episode down and they said that we, they gave us, like, a strike on our channel because they have, like, wow. like. But they retracted it, right? They didn't. They but did. they have their policies and we couldn't post for like a week. So those, you know, that's YouTube and their policies. They deemed it, like, hate speech and that's their that's their rules, right? And so that's, you know, I'm grateful to YouTube because I get to have this of uh, this platform. At the same time, I I don't, uh, you know, I disagree with them. But, but I think that anyone that, uh, and and you know, that's where it's like, you know, any individual who works at YouTube would probably, as an individual, see that what you know, Roseanne, a legendary comedian. And what she was saying was, and I think she's Jewish, would not view that as what some anti-Semitic person would say. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was it definitely was interesting, though. I got him some some rabbi emailed me and invited me to some summer camp or something. And uh, but it was like eleven hundred dollars. I'm not going to that. <laughs> and then <laughs> Of course the Holocaust happened. Like who would ever, you oh know, my gosh. every third book at the airport is about it. How, you know what I'm saying? Of course it happened. Well, dude. I think it's also, uh, you know, not to excuse the overreaction, but I actually do think that there is um, a, 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 an almost normalizing of anti-Semitic speech. And I also think that, and I'm not saying, because it's different when it's Roseanne Barr and uh, and like someone who is just a flat-out anti-Semite or like speaking in anti-Semitic tropes. It's like, I do think it's, you know, there's no comparing what, uh, Roseanne said to s- what these other people were doing. Right, if there's like a you know real I mean? hateful person. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, I think anti-Semitism is like, 
I mean, look, we, you know, most comedians, like a half, I don't know what percentage of comedians are Jewish, but it's like all our friends are Jewish. And it's like, you can't, you know, you know, you, 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 you know, stand up comedy is a Jewish American art form that like is, you know, so many of the great comedians were Jewish. So it's oh, like, yeah. you have, you end up being educated on anti-Semitism and you can't do a spot at the cellar without hearing three comedians do jokes about the Jewish American experience and anti-Semitism. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I wish I had a, like, I can't tell if people bringing light to that creates, makes things better or worse in that space. Right. You know, because no one said anything about it. Like, you know, a million people had watched the video. There wasn't even a comment about it on YouTube. Right. And then somebody makes a clip and purposely like is like, hey, look at this. Right. And this is. Yeah. The, the view of it. I, you know, you don't want to create like a boy who cried wolf situation either. No, and no. so that's, you know, especially when it's something as important as like, um, as people being hateful, you know, yeah. it's like, you don't, yeah. that's, so some of that is where some of my fear comes in. Like, let's, yeah, we don't want people to become numb to it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but then also, you know, everybody has their, their, their different thoughts on it. And, and I respect different people's thoughts on it. You know, I yeah. respect that people come from different places and, and I respect different people's thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, um, um, dude, I have a problem with how we, with that, we keep putting Joe Biden out there. I feel like as a nation, it makes us look like, oh, this is how, and that we pretend everything is okay. Like, doesn't that seem weird to you? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm somebody, like, I think that if Trump wasn't there, or maybe I'm just imagining this, I think if Trump wasn't there, Biden would be like, I'm done. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I want him to be, be like, done. Good night. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that. He might put on some long johns and just no, shut it down. He'd be like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I want to go and hang out uh, with my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, and hang out with Barack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. But like, yeah, so I want to eat ice cream with the former pres. Yeah. I want Baracky Road, dude. He's got to come out. But with like, that. yeah, I think you know, joke. there's a difference between like the people that don't want to. That again, I think ego gets in the way of like the greater good. Right? Yeah. And I don't, but I don't know. Maybe he is like, uh, you know, I'm great, but I think it's fast. I'm trying to write this thing all about how, I mean, I saw Harrison Ford in um, that Raiders of the Lost Ark number four or whatever. Yeah. He's 80. It was great. It was an action movie. And it's like, you know, 80 for Brady. It's like, they're all 80. Yeah. That's a good point. And so. Yeah, you want people to have long career. Yeah. I'm Look, but I just feel like if we, like if maybe the media was like, this is our guy, he's going to say some shit, you know? Instead of, I feel like right. we put this, like people try to pretend that it's, that he's not getting unwell. That's the part to me that it doesn't no. look weird to other people. If it's like, this is how we treat our senior citizens, you know, like as <laughs> well, America. Well, it's not like, how we treat. I mean, I think it's like. 
I thought your point would be more like everything's fine, like we're living in a, in a state of denial. But I also felt that like during the entire pandemic, when Trump would do his daily newscasts, that we were all like, "Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine." It's like this guy is. It's, do you know what I mean? It's like, and we've all had bad bosses. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, but I also feel, I don't know, it's weird. I, I, you know, I really do think that if, if there was, if, if, if Trump was not a possibility, I think Biden would be like, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, I did my thing. I'm going to be in the history books. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Michigan J Frog. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe it's just more of like a defense. Um, yeah. But yeah, politics has just gotten so strange. It used to be so different, didn't it? Felt like we were I all behind like a leader. Did. Didn't it feel like that? I feel like it. I mean, I used to. It was so strange because I grew up in this small town. Indiana's a very red state, and. Uh, I lived in Manhattan. I live in Manhattan, and that's very blue. And in the entertainment industry, it's very liberal, and comedians are very contrarian. And so I loved, I relish having friends of different opinions. Like at the 4th of July, I had a friend there who's a big kind of conservative, like, um, you know, he's, you know, he's all in on DeSantis. And then I had a friend there that was, you know, that wouldn't vote for, you know, vote for Hillary. You know what I mean? Uh, so left, like Occupy Wall Street left. Mm. And so it's like, I like that diversity of opinion. But, and I, and I feel like people that come to my shows, um, like even in uh, the dark pale thing, I have this this material on global warming, and you know when I performed it around the country, there'd be some people that are like, "All right, global warming, maybe." You know what I mean? Whereas, like they're going, they're giving me the, they're like, "All right, I don't know if I buy the premise, right?" But I'm gonna have fun. I'll listen to the jokes, yeah. And so, uh, I like that uh they're open to that but um there is also i don't know it's weird i know i'm kind of rambling no it's okay and we can even take that part out if we felt like it was too rambly if we for both of us kind of you know um let's take a little bit of news and then we'll get you out of here jim sure because your special is coming out in a few days and the name of it is dark pale dark pale Ooh, yes dark pale but that would be your native, that would be your Indian name, huh? Dark Pale. Dark Pale. Dark Pale. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I, you know, it's kind of, I wanted to go a little bit, you know, I think comedians, uh, you know, our onstage personas are a little bit more accessible and that maybe, you know, like what makes comedians laugh uh, when we hang out is usually darker oh, yeah. than what's on stage. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of opening some of that up and also talking. And I think that over the past five years, we've gone through so much darkness. You know, we've all lost someone, lost some people, you know what I mean? And um, 
So there's a little dose of nihilism that I think we need. I think we need, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, some people think we need a war. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Where'd you hear that? Everywhere. (laughs) We need a war. Because they think it would put people back on the same side. If we had a common enemy. Wow. That's interesting. Because there is part of like what's going to get us together. And oh, I definitely. Hope as soon as somebody says, "Hey, it's us against them," it's like, "All right, let's do this," you know. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm I mean, just interesting. I think I think coming from this split background of, you know, uh, I you know I have real resentment when people talk about the middle of the country or flyover states. Yeah, me too. It's like I think that. That has to be shamed for the stupidity that it is, because, um, you, you know, it, again, we were talking about the. It's not like you're not going to get a great meal, you know what I mean? Like, there's this, there's this, um, this dismissive stereotype, and you'd think it would shrink with the internet, but I feel like it's almost kind of grown, where people are dis. I always think it's so weird when I do. I'll do like a podcast or I'll be interviewed and someone will be like, so is it different doing material in different parts of the country? I'm like, not really. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not really that different. Uh Uh-uh. Do you know what I mean? It's not like people don't have every piece of technology or every form of entertainment everywhere. Culturally, we're very... Uh, it's, and by the way, the world is like that. It's like, if anything, culture is disappearing. So there, that's not to say that there aren't different viewpoints on things. Uh, I don't mean to contradict myself earlier, but like, it's not like there's a real huge difference on. Right. Like from here to there. Yeah. Right. You know, but I guess, I mean, there's some, like, I know whenever I've been in like Illinois and certain places out there, rural areas, they don't even have 5G on their phone. So it's like, if they want, it's like more of a, they have to be ha- at home and be on their Wi-Fi to really be milling on their phones as much, you know? Oh, really? Um, Like some of my friends that work in like farming communities and stuff like that. So I think in some areas, there's probably a little bit less consumption Oh yeah, no. Where we uh, we have a place that we got uh, after the pandemic, and if I'm outside working in my garden, I have no service whatsoever. Yeah, like there's just it's just a no man land for uh, cell service. So yeah. like my wife literally has to open the door like it's 1943. Yeah, Jim, get in here! Your kids are doing this. <laughs> And I'll waddle over. Yeah, what are they with my basket of my harvest? Yeah, I love my garden. Do you garden at all? Mm, I don't garden, man. I would like to have it someday. I will once I quit touring a little bit after next year. What do you like to grow in your garden? I I love to grow just about everything. But like, I'm jealous of like so Louisiana. I could probably grow peanuts down there. Oh yeah, I could. You know, I. I don't have that long of a season. So mm. like there's some things that I can't grow that and some of it is it is so interesting to grow things. Can you grow wheat? 
I could grow wheat. I grow corn. I grow cucumbers. I grow uh, pumpkins, peppers. But like even peppers, it's like it's you know up you know north. It's not yeah. Nobody wants a northern pepper. (laughs) No, well, it's believe it when it walks in. But like it's you know you don't. It takes it's you got to wait. You need some real hot weather. You need some harshness. You need some fucking pain in the in the fucking soil. For a pepper, but, be like, all right, motherfucker. Yeah. I got this shit. Right. You know, that's the kind of pepper you want, dog. Yeah, like, you want damn, you dog, want I just pepper. got out. Yeah. yeah. You want some, you know, peppers are the best. God, they're so good, huh? Right. Whoever had them first was such a fucking weirdo, but they were they are good. Oh, they're amazing. Mm. What do I love putting in my mouth? I'm trying to think. Oh, dude, when I had those, you know, a lot of Asian people will fry up a um Little cut of yam. Have you ever had that? No. My God. Is it good? Yeah. So wait a minute, Louisiana, you like okra? Yeah, I didn't mind it, dude. But then people start frying it and it takes yeah. dude, it starts to look like it's been given a blowjob to somebody. It gets real uh viscous. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I like it in a gumbo, but otherwise I'm like I'm like, I don't know about okra. Yeah, when you lift up a spoonful of it, it has like a trail that goes back to the stuff. And you're like, whoa, this thing's yeah. been yeah. doing it's, BJs, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a bit it's much. Slimy. Yeah, it's, it's real slimy. slimy. Yeah. So I don't mind, but I, what else do I like, man? I like broccoli plain. You know, my taste buds changed over the years. I just started liking tiramisu, to be honest with you. Oh, really? Yeah. You are a dessert guy. God, I fucking want it, boy. When it's nighttime, motherfucker. Yeah. I will but, get up so in the middle like of the sweets night. Sweets more than chocolate. Well, it keeps me off of vaping. I notice if I can get a sugar in me, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and put some peanut butter on my tongue and go oh back my God, to sleep. Peanut butter. I, that's I want to grow peanuts. I think <gasps> peanuts. What if you could do it, Jim Gaffigan's peanut butter? Oh my God, I would love to do it. But peanuts, I I I haven't even watched a video of this. But I think the peanut plant grows mm. and then the flowers drop into the ground. And they become the peanuts. Oh, it's beautiful. Crazy. It's so crazy. I'm growing potatoes. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I'm very excited about that. That's carrots insane. are fun to grow. Yeah, carrots are fun to grow. Huh? You're going to cut all this out of the podcast because it's so boring, probably. This is the best part, I think. <laughs> um, um, what else would I like to have? Onions, a- garlic. I love garlic. Yeah. Garlic is probably one of the best. Garlic is good. It just feels so... Um, it looks like something's wrong with it. Oh, it looks alien. Yeah. It looks a little alien. Um, I do like seeing, uh, I like watermelons. Oh, watermelons are fun. That would be great to grow in the South. Yeah. Because watermelons and pumpkins, you just, and squash, you turn, you turn your back, you look back, it's like they've grown a foot. Yeah. It's crazy. How big is your garden square feet? Are we talking? It's not that big. I have two. I I built one that when we got the place, it mm-hmm. was kind of already there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then here, let me see what I got here. This is oh, there's a picture of you right there in some garden that looks like no. A- this is a hike, but this is my garden right now. That's those are the raised beds. Oh yeah, see that's oh wow, Jim, this is beautiful. Yeah. Dude. But I have this, it's, my wife calls it the English garden, and then that's, oh, that's that's my Irish garden. And so the Irish garden was, there was kind of this field, 
that um, I kind of converted. Mm -hmm. Now, this is what, see that field up there? Mm -hmm. This is what that field looks like now. So it's. Oh, that's great, man. And these are both on the same property? Yeah. And yeah, so. One it, does look more Irish. Yeah, right? This one looks more like it could have a headstone in part of it. Yeah. And so, uh, but this is, you know how like you waste time, I don't know if you waste time on Instagram. So like on uh, scrolling and all that. Oh yeah, on TikTok I scroll on Instagram on stories, but I'm just watching people harvesting oh, garden wow. stuff. That's beautiful. It's, now there's something romantic about that, I think. Yeah. You know? Get out there in the dirt. Grow oh something. yeah, my grandmother used to make us put these nets over her strawberries so the crows didn't get them. Oh yeah. You know, she yeah. lived out in Illinois, in rural Illinois, and they had a rain barrel out there, and they would collect rain. Yeah. And um, Did she have any paint? Did she ever paint rocks to look like strawberries to trick? Yeah. To trick the crows? Yeah. Dude, I never realized that's why she did that, but she yeah. would always have these painted rocks. Yeah, so the birds would come down, they'd peck at the rock, and then they'd be like, forget it, and they'd leave. Oh, that's, ins that's both the bird and the human that do that are freaking wild. Yeah. Um, and that's that'd be crazy. Like that'd be like, what if you put a stone woman outside, you know, and some rapist runs up? The scarecrow, right? The scarecrow oh, yeah. is supposed to scare. It's pretty crazy how there's uh, all these things to trick the animals, mm -hmm. to trick the animals, and also, and then there's companion planting, which is fun. But I just and what is that? Plants need friends, kind of. You know, plants need friends. Oh, well, some people talk to their plant. Yeah, I've seen that before. And uh, But a companion plant is like planting something uh, nearby that either will help um, with nutrients mm -hmm. or will deter pests. So, for instance, onions are uh, certain pests don't like the smell of it. And then... Um, you know, you oh, grow yeah. like uh, uh, cilantro is will deter things, and um, you know basil. <gasps> oh yeah, I like having some basil, huh? Basil is amazing. Right? A lot of women who are having a tough time grow basil. I feel like. Well, it's you know it'll bolt. It's like you got a you got a secession plant. Yeah. None of this is going to end up in the episode. Oh, I think it's interesting. Um, let's get into a couple news things, and we'll get you yeah. out of here, Jim. What sure. happened in the news? Anything, Zach? What yeah, happened? There's a video going around. I guess a mayor in Mexico married an alligator. Um, mm. That's... I guess that's a good luck thing. But this is real. Now, this isn't part of some ritual? Mm -mm. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. It's oh, it is part of a ritual. Yeah, it's uh, these are... good luck to the town. Yeah. Not surprised. It seems kind of well. They also have his mouth shut like that. What else we got? Do they consummate the marriage? Ooh, right. There used to be a YouTube video of a man making love to a uh, big chow, like a chow animal in a park on YouTube for years that they couldn't get down for some reason. <laughs> really? They yeah. Got it down. And I think it was in Santa Monica. Oh, or is this about sharks everywhere? No. <laughs> oh. This video has gotten a ton of views. I guess this woman was uh, faking cleaning up a beach for social media and then left all the trash there after. This has 5 million views and a lot of people have a problem with this. Oh, oh wow. 
Yeah, it's all just for show now. So this girl's faking it. Oh, and then she just left the bag there. Mm, not shocked. Wow. That's what happens, man. If people, they it's just about what the look is, you know? It's hard. So what is that? That is a symptom. It's a sickness, huh? It's, well, it's the absence of right or wrong. I remember one time I saw a movie recently. Mm-hmm. And um, I was with my 10-year-old, and we were with a friend, and my 10-year-old spilled this big bucket of popcorn. Oh. And I, and I was like, I looked at it, and I was like, and my friend was like, well, pick it up. And the weird thing is, is like, I was like, I was going to pick it up, but I was like, he thought I wasn't going to pick it up. <laughs> and so I was like, but why wouldn't I pick it up? Because... I think the tendency is like someone else would do it. Oh, yeah. Right? Times have changed, man. I noticed when the elevator stops, people get out. People will get in before you've had a chance to get out. That never used to be the case. Wow. Here's an interesting thing that I think is happening. Usually when I'm out and about and I used to, uh, and I'd run into somebody and they'd be like, hey, uh, nice to meet you. We'd have a nice conversation. Then at the end, they used to say, hey, can I have a photo? I don't want to bother you can have a photo. Now they say you have this nice conversation. They we chat for a while and then they go, Hey, can you call a friend of mine? Yeah. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, if you could call my nephew. And I'm like, No. Yeah. And these are perfectly normal people. Yeah. And and I'll be like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And they're You're like, calling well, your friend? I just, you know, I just want people to know. Yeah, it's too much, dude. I yeah, somebody the other day was like, "Hey, brother, uh, this was the craziest thing I ever got." This guy is a young Mexican guy, and he had on a wife beater, right? And he's like, "Hey, will you sign my jersey?" Right? That's what he called it, which made me laugh. First of all, it was really funny, and he seemed like a funny dude. We had a nice chat, and then he goes, "Hey, homie, will you make a video for my cousin Hector?" Right? He's like, uh, "Like, what's wrong with?" Yeah, sure I will. What do you want me to say? He's like, just say something nice, man. He got possessed by ghosts. That's what he said, right? <laughs> and the guy's being totally serious. So I'm like, what do I even fucking? What do you want me to do? Sorry, you're possessed by ghosts. Yeah. So I was just, I was like, what do you want me to say? He's like, just tell him we miss him, you know. So that's what I did. I was like, hey Hector, homie, we miss you, dog. But it was just like, what are we doing? Yeah. What's the value here? You know, what's the value? Like, what what onions are we growing? Right. That's the overall question here. Um, you have a new TV series that's out too, right? Yes. Yes. Dude, you're doing a lot of acting. Do you think that's where you, you're going to start directing more? Do you think you're going to? No, no. But I hope to act. I, you know, I hope to act and I love stand up. And, and since Philip Seymour Hoffman died, you could take over his stuff. I mean, everyone keeps saying that. Why? Um, it is like one of those things where, Part of me, when people say that, I always think that's weirdly common that people say that. And the other part of me is like, why aren't I getting those roles? <laughs> Dude, but, if they did Capote 2 or something. <laughs> it is kind of funny, man. Sometimes people's brains just fill in the other person, you know. Um, Dan, um, Who would play you? Ooh, I don't know, probably. Mm, there's this... If I die, there's this kid named Rupp. 
he's like, I don't know what show he was on, but that he's interesting. Familiar. DJ Rupp, bring him up. He would play me, I think. This kid. But get him more. Re Let's just see if see any more pictures of him without the what's, dreadlocks. What's, what's the dreads from? I'm not sure. Yeah, these are all old pictures of him. But um, I think he would probably play me. I think I could see him doing it. Yeah. I don't know who. Where else. is he from? I'm not sure. Probably DJ prison. Rupp. Is he is he a DJ? I don't know if he really is, but he's funny, dude. He's this dude is really really funny. But I think he could probably play me. Who would play you? You think? Say you die, you passed away, oh, or something Oh, if I happened. died, um, who's the guy who? Um, oh, I knew it is Jesse Pemberton. That, uh, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah he's good. I, did you he's, ever meet him? I've never met him. I met Phil Hoffman a couple times. You did? Yeah. Did he I, say, "Hey, you look like me a little"? No, I mean, yeah, I think we both had heard it, and I we improvised a movie where. Um, with a bunch of other people and um they were figuring out it was this uh bob balaban who does these other things and it was it was a great gig like i was flown to la to improvise Ooh. this movie every day and all this and this was in the maybe 2000s and um or maybe maybe it was before that and so anyway um so we're sitting there talking, and so I'm with Phil, and I go, I go, well, we should probably play brothers. And the guy's like, mm, I was thinking more you guys are friends. And I'm like, all right. I mean, we literally look like brothers, <laughs> but okay. And so. Yeah, that guy that has weird? no vision then. No, but he he's obviously Bob Balaban's brilliant. But it Oh, was is just, he a brilliant guy? I didn't he know. He is a brilliant guy. And he, uh, but like he just, that's not how we saw it. But it was. And we never ended up, we improvised the script, and then he Bob was going to go away and write it. And then after that, Phil Hoffman, like, then it was Capote, and he was... On another level. Yeah. Did you ever get to spend time? Oh, yeah, wow, I could definitely see it more and more now. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. I think I'm, how old was he? What year was he born? What if we were born the same day? If we were found out that we were like this, the found off, uh, found the same parents. July twenty six seven. July twenty third, nineteen sixty seven. I'm July seventh, nineteen sixty six. Dude, what if y'all are the same person? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, oh, he's from the West Village. No, well, he was from. Oh, he uh, died in the West Village. Yeah, I think he's from Rochester, Fairport, New York. Wow, where? Fairport, New York. Did you ever spend time with um, Robin Williams? I met him a couple times, yeah. Was he like the one of the biggest, when you met him, was he just like he was on another level, was it? He was the nicest, sweetest guy. Like I met oh. him at, he did a Bob Goldthwaite's movie and he was this really sweet, it's really weird because I, I, you know, he was known as among the comedians. I mean, there was a before he went back to doing stand up, he was known as this guy that would 
steal people's material. Mm. Like some of it is, I think he was on coke and he was unaware of it, and and he talked so much that he, he yeah. was he was triple timing anything. So yeah, and so he was he um, easily, but you know he was the sweetest. Like every time I met him, I didn't feel like I was. You know, it was like talking to a, a, a just another comedian. It was yeah. very strange because it wasn't like, like you know how in L.A. everyone's kind of looking around the room. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a conversation. He was and locked it, in. Yeah. Mm. It was pretty special. Like you see why people were. Attracted to him? Yeah. Was he why, little or was he regular size? He was he was not he was um similar to Brody. He he was a hairy guy. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What but else but to answer your question, I think he was he wasn't super tiny. Yeah. Uh, but he was not not five ten. Do you yeah, do you start to think about it? Is there a spot where like a comfortable place where comedians retire? Do you ever think about that? Like not I know you talked earlier about not staying in it too long, you know? Like is there yeah. a comfortable place where people I don't know. I feel like I Like do uh, you think about that at all? I'm not saying there is no, or isn't. No, I feel like stand up is a living kind of thing that you know, people might not be interested in you doing it uh but i think you can continue to do it and i think that there is something uh so emotionally rewarding about doing it don't you feel that way oh yeah whereas i um but i don't think it's it's um yeah i mean i i think that i'll it's just kind of like coming up with new material is just too rewarding to kind of oh, give up. Oh, yeah, there is something great about right? it, huh? You get one just new line. And you're one like, new oh. line, you're like, aha. I'm hooked for another year. Right? Um, yeah, I think we covered a lot of stuff. Zach, do you have anything else? No, I think we're all good. Jim might have to go, but. Okay. Jim, thanks so cool. much, man. Thank Sorry, I didn't so know much. we'd be in here so long. No, it's good. It's good. Now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling